What do you want? You want a story? Okay. Once upon a time, there was a beautiful young girl whose stepmother always made her stay home with the baby. And the baby was a spoiled child, and he wanted everything for himself, and the young girl was practically a slave. But what no one knew was that the king of the goblins had fallen in love with the girl, and he had given her certain powers. So one night, when the baby had been particularly cruel to her, she called on the goblins for help. Say your right words, the goblin said, and we'll take the baby to the goblin city, and you will be free. But the girl knew that the king of the goblins would keep the baby in his castle forever and ever and ever and turn him into a goblin. So the girl suffered in silence until one night, when she was tired from a day of housework and she was hurt by the harsh words of her stepmother and she could no longer stand it. No, I mustn't say. I mustn't say. But I can bear it no longer. Goblin King, Goblin King, wherever you may be, come take this child of mine far away from me. Oh... I wish I did know what to say to make the goblins take you away. I wish. I wish. I wish the goblins would take you away. Right now. Is that an owl flapping outside your window? Or is the goblin king on the prowl? Either way, tonight on the marquee we're taking a look at 1986's cult classic Labyrinth. Mind the twists and turns of this maze. Or you might just end up in the bog of eternal stench, an oubliette, or staring eye to eye with David Bowie himself. Dance magic dance. start this gravy train rolling let's get this roast to cooking well hello neighbor hello everybody and How's well, it going? welcome to a new episode of nightcaps at the theater i said it right this time no <laughs> cinema in sight only when i get really fucking sloshed well, only if you follow us on instagram facebook yeah because you know what right none of you fucking do so you better do it I think we have one review, and guess what? It's from me! That's right, I reviewed my own thing. And I gave us four stars. <laughs> Not even five. There's room for improvement. How dare you, audience? You know, you were complaining about those uh, vocal uh, audacity things before, but now it's the like waves. skyrocketing. Yeah, because I'm fucking pissed. That's why. Yeah, so we're here, and I'm here. Jonathan Gorykowski, as always, uh, your, your faithful confidant through the movie train that we're currently, you know, chugging along on. I'm here with my uh, two friends. Hey, how's it going? It's Mac Cabrera. I am uh, ready to get a little bit sloshed. <gasps> it's a weekend, and uh, let's let's end this week right. You've, you've said oh, too much. I was trying. To, <laughs> <laughs> do you know that the Germans can hear you through yeah, the wire? Find us. <laughs> I was trying to do a play on the word weekend, and I'm like, this this isn't working. This isn't entertaining. Oh, and I'm here with my other M friend. 
your, your name oh, on it's there. it's me, your family neighborhood, <laughs> Mark Zebro Jr., everybody. Mark Zebro Jr. and Macabrera. I'm just spoiled beyond all reason. I know. Do you think this could be the start of a beautiful friendship? It could be. Am, am I now a regular on right. here? What, what's, hey, what's the dealio? It takes three to tango. As long as you two are here, I can nod off in my chair for a little bit. Now I've got to be... <laughs> Uh, Motorbouth Maybell in over here in the corner. And you should review us. Mm-hmm. So, no matter how uh, few listeners we got, we're going to keep this chugging You know, we, we've got decent listeners. I've been The numbers have been going up, Are, which is true, something. You mm-hmm. know. Have they surpassed number 10? A few, you mean 10 listeners? Or yeah, 10, 10 listeners. Ten. Oh, yes, yes, we far surpassed 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. We've got multiple uh, 10. I'm about maybe five views of those Ooh, listens. Wow. So. Well, that's one per almost all our episodes so <laughs> far. So, you know, we got a, a super fan here, Mark Zebra. Um, yeah. Did we see anything this week, guys? Ooh, Movie-wise, so media-wise. Yeah. I watched uh, Annihilation. Annihilation. Ooh. Natalie Portman. Portman. Mm. I hear that's on Netflix already in some countries. <laughs> Most yeah. countries that are in our own. Yeah, because very, very interesting release schedule that they did. Mm. Um, I don't really know why they felt they should release it that way. I, Money! I, I, well, first of all, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, the marketing was all wrong for that movie. Yeah. Uh, because, I haven't seen anything about it, like no commercials or anything. Well, you know, the, the movie is like centered around like five female characters and you know with black panther like in the news racking up the charts right now yeah. about all female empowerment you know you figured this would be a movie to like help uh embrace that but the marketing just failed and now it's like it it was only in theaters for like maybe uh, probably less than a month here in the, in the states mm-hmm. oh, i blame weinstein well, just, well, they're going bankrupt. I blame him and John Lasseter and Hitler and all the bad people. Why John Lasseter? You didn't hear about John Lasseter oh, and him no. fondling those ladies? Oh, no. We'll get to that, baby. Cars? Are we watching the Pixar well, story? I watch Cars on this show. Are <laughs> it Cars 2? <laughs> the worst film in all existence. Or Planes. Planes is even worse. But apparently it's not John Lasseter, though, right? Didn't you tell me that? Yeah, it's, it's not a Pixar film. It's a Disney film. It's a Ghibli film in disguise. Ooh! <laughs> Miyazaki did it instead. <laughs> passion project yeah. <laughs> so annihilation you see anything else other than the movie it that was good i think uh, we're going to talk about was, beforehand uh, okay yeah. Annihil- <laughs> yeah, definitely annihilation was good um i i think it kind of fell apart at the end just because it was a like a complete mindfuck that i'm yeah. not sure um what it was trying to get out what it was trying to say about much of anything but it was a beautiful film very nice to watch uh, on a big screen. I recommend seeing it in theaters, which is why I also think it's weird that they released it on Netflix because this is Is it on American Netflix? Though? It's we not. It's so not it's a, like we're forced it, to watch it because that's only, why I'm so like... Yeah, only if you use a, a little VPN. You or, said too much. <laughs> Damn, they really can't find us. <laughs> you're gonna hear... Is that a cop in my window? We're on the anything. third floor. <laughs> John, there's a red dot on your forehead. Whoa, no, I'm just Hindi. <laughs> <laughs> lady only in movie because she hopping director uh, that is my favorite um, family guy Indiana, no indiana jones oh, movie i, I love the second one oh, I thought you said... Wong, anything goes. We, i think we'll definitely watch oh, that <laughs> i watched season two of a series of unfortunate events on netflix Ooh. which Ooh. is that's not a movie you're not a movie either. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even real. You're a real boy. <laughs> oh, you're, fading, you're, <laughs> no. you're just a mop and some clothes. <laughs> but anyway, amazing. If you, even if you're not a fan of the books, uh, it's really similar to Pushing Daisies because it has the same producers, mm, okay. set designers, 
costume designers, writing staff, and Pushing Daisy is my favorite show of all time, audience. Um, I watch it once a year, religiously. I miss it so... But the cast is still doing things. You look at Lee Pace. Lee Pace, he's a goblin, uh, I, <laughs> a, an elven king. I, I love me some Lee Pace. Oh, R- yeah. R- Juilliard graduate, Lee Pace. I was going to say Ronan the Accuser from the Guardians of the Galaxy. He's currently on Broadway <laughs> and Angels in America. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. Wait, isn't it Andrew Garfield? And, and Lee, but I'm not going to watch oh, Andrew Garfield. Hollywood has just yes. been invading Broadway recently. Well, they need to make that money. I mean, you know about the Chris Evans play with uh, mm-hmm. Michael Sarah? Mm-hmm. That's something I actually oh, want to I see. I hear about that. That sounds strange. Just opened, or is in previews recently, I think. Possibly. I was reading it on Playbill. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah. But he can sing, which I never knew about Jake. I didn't know he can sing. He did Sunny in the Park with George, and everyone was crying. Wow. He, was wow. he sounded just like Manny Patinkin. What's yeah. So anyway, series of unfortunate events. Watch it. It's amazing. Uh, I think the second season is better because it introduces my favorite character, Carmelita Spatz, who is a little bratty, like... Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, shitty little four-year-old. I and hate her. She's amazing. And <laughs> she's coming back for season three because, spoilers, she comes back in the later books, nice. but mm. she stole the show. Her and Lucy Punch as Esme Squalor. Highly recommended. That's what I watched this nice. week. Wonderful. Um, in terms of recently, I mean, we'll get to that, but I think there's a movie that kind of went under most people's radar. It's a Netflix movie, but it's also a Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> it's Gerald's Game. Yeah! I love uh, love that director directed uh, Oculus. That director directed uh, Hush. That director I like directed Hush. so many things. Gerald's Game, amazing, faithful adaptation to the book, slightly changed. Mm-hmm. I of course I, I saw it day one when it was on. Of course you did. You're, you're I'm Stephen King, King night. resident nerd. But you know, just uh, to set up just the premise without spoiling anything, because uh, like, literally in the first ten minutes, it, it just. But oh my god! Like a woman. Wait, have you seen this movie? No. Do you know anything about it? I've told him to watch it. You have to watch this movie. This is like wife, husband go to this retreat, and they're just like, hey, we're gonna spice up something in the bedroom. Husband, so I brought one pair of handcuffs, <laughs> and it handcuffed to the bed, two pairs, uh, two okay. pairs. Sorry. and uh, then husband immediately has a heart attack and oh. dies, and. That's uh, that's it. it. That you have that. That's like the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie, and just from there you need to watch it. I, I will say there is a Adam's family uh, uh, cameo in this. What? Oh yeah, there is. Yes, he does. It does. It does. <laughs> well, there's only like three characters in yeah. anyway. Oh, okay, nice. Oh, but that movie is that just that book is amazing too. Mwah. I love him and cocaine. You know, he can have all the cocaine he wants if he writes like that on cocaine. Total recommend. Oh, movie okay. was great, start Let's to finish. It was a blip on the right, but it came. I liked it. It was okay. And we're getting Jay Chasses. Beverly, suck it, suck that, it. That's confirmed. Well, it's strongly confirmed. Okay. She's talking right. to her best friend, who is the director, about playing Ben. <laughs> Oh, how do you oh. feel about Jessica Chastain? She's okay. You I didn't. I didn't see Molly's Game, so uh, that, I that that was something I was a little bit skeptical about. But uh, yeah, she's okay. I like her uh, enough. Your opinions? I can't recall seeing her in anything. Most of Zero Dark Thirty. The Help. Did I want? I think I wanted to start 30, yeah. but honestly, no. Oh, she was! She's the not Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> She's the non bitch. Shit. I don't know, I've always had an unhealthy obsession with Jessica Chastain. That's most of where I know her from. Yeah, <laughs> from me. Yeah. From going to, even though, okay, I've heard stories that Amy Adams is literally the nicest person in Hollywood. Mm. Like, she go, she'll come up to you on the street and, like, you know. Oh, no, thank you. Yes! Yes! Is that a We Hate Movies? Right? It is. I gotta tell you this right off the bat. Um, when when John first recommended this podcast oh, to me, so 
I was I was like, oh, I'll get around to oh, it. But as soon as I got into it, every episode I was pissing my pants. God. These guys are I'm hilarious. They're like my yeah. second favorite. Shameless plug. Uh, uh, we I'll hate movies. Yeah, so Jessica Chastain, I love her. But um, let's get to, you know, the, the appetizer for tonight. We just saw something before what we're going to see tonight. Mm-hmm. All three of us. Literally yeah. came right out of the theater and walked in. Yeah, to this that yeah I was there, sort of, maybe. Uh, what did we see, Mark? Uh, we saw, uh, wow, I was just about to say the wrong movie. We saw Isle of Dogs. Woo! Wes Anderson's Magnum Opus. All right, Wes Anderson. Can you believe Alexander Desplat did that score too? Get out of here. He did Moonrise Kingdom. He did Grand Budapest. He did that. He did Shape of Water. He did this. Harry Potter. He's just on a roll. I tell you, those Kato drums uh, for yeah. stop motion, it just hit home for me. God, I was oh, like, was so did you feel me next to you, like, constantly <laughs> tapping my foot to and the to I the drums? That, but that might have been because I was too busy doing the same thing. I thought it was a stroke at first, but realized <laughs> it's just rhythm. It almost felt out of place when they had that kind of, like, uh, indie song play in the yeah, middle of it. Yeah, but... I've lost yeah. all yeah, you, you said this sounds Ross Anderson. Yeah, but, yeah. But a little jarring, but I it, thought it worked. It sounded like um, a Call Me By Your Name reference, oh, yeah. like playing the odd, you know, hipster ballad. But I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. Yeah, that was really good. Now, this is the second stop motion that um, Wes Anderson's done. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say this is better than Fantastic Mr. Fox? I mean, I think that it's biased to say that, but I would. Okay. I would mm-hmm. definitely say this is better than Fantastic Mr. Fox. I will say Miss Fantastic Mr. Fox is funnier than this movie. Yeah. This one has uh, tugs a uh, few heartstrings at you, mm-hmm. especially just because of the subject. I mean, like, uh, do we all have dogs here? Yes. Yep. Well, do you have dogs? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Since when? Oh, not currently. Not oh, anymore. okay. Yeah. Oh. Um, did he go on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she went to a farm upstate. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Fucking cats, man. I thought they were gonna be. I thought I could have sworn. I thought the cats were gonna be implemented a little bit. Yeah, they're evil little shits. That's what they are. But it was just like the just the uh, Ken Watanabe. Was it him? Was he Kobayashi? Okay, because I just couldn't. You know, I've only heard him speak English in most films. The cast was amazing, man. Mm -hmm. They had. uh, Greta Gerwig, you know. Was Greta Gerwig? Greta Gerwig was, was the Tracy. Tracy. Okay, was Tracy. it didn't sound like her. It didn't, but um, we were discussing how like she was the only like, why did she get the right to speak? Because mm. yeah. she's the one American transfer student. I mean, she's a white I mean, woman. We're in America, but. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know, yeah, but he—he's he, he, West. I can't judge him. For well, you have to understand too that like, this is uh, for like made in America. Yeah. Uh, we're using American actors mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, which it is weird because this can translate back to. Um, I guess a Japanese audience too. Just the because mm-hmm. no, there's really no use of subtitles. I mean, no, the the, which the was super cool. they can cut out Francis McDormand translating everything I, I really that, easily. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I mean, yeah. you, like yeah. she's briefly you, like see her in like mm-hmm. the small little frames just as a point of reference. Mm-hmm. It's great. Oh my Did god! Did you know that Angelica Houston's in this movie? Who is and she? She doesn't have a line. She plays mute poodle, so she only gets like breathing lines. In mute it. poodle. Yeah, it's her. She's last in the billing. Like she's last on the list. Who? What poodle was it? We don't know. That's what I was discussing. Yeah. I but it's mute poodle, that. so she doesn't get any lines. She's just like breathes into the mic. Was she like on her deathbed? And Wes is like, I need you to record something no, for me. Couldn't <laughs> dig a little enough. He's like, quick, I need you for a line. One of my clans, my clan members. No, I'm busy with a gun in my mouth. Oh, <laughs> I loved the art style of this. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I definitely. Was, and as a weeb. Refined. 
I know I'll admit it here. First step is admit, uh, admittance and acceptance. I'm a weeb. Mm. I love Japanese media. It's okay. We still love you. Right. I'm sorry. I know <laughs> I've broken so many homes. I mean, what does that shirt say? It says love. I have a cute little witch boy on my shirt. <laughs> and it says love in Japanese. I'm sorry, world. Head of David Bowie just hovering right above yeah, it. Yeah, I've got some chibi little skulls and uh, voodoo I don't get chibi it doesn't make any sense to me no. the same like zoom zoom well we're in my house now so get the <laughs> fuck out if you don't like chibi alright alright I'll <laughs> see you guys get to step in I'm sorry y'all Mark wasn't meant for this podcast so you didn't see eye to eye but so, I, I love the art style to this film the music oh, was impeccable same. and I just want to ask which dog did you relate to the most I know the names are confusing. No, no, no. I, it was, I, mean, I didn't get that. Was actually things. easy for me. That because yeah. I, like, no, they always have their um their yeah. dog tags yeah. and they're easy small close ups yeah. that they actually show that. I mean, Brian Cranston points that out in the mm-hmm. beginning too. It's like it's like you're Duke, you're yeah. Rex, yeah. I'm Chief. I'm, you're King. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I like Chief a lot. Yeah. Brian Cranston, like you really like. Um, he really made you like him uh, mm-hmm. uh, towards the end. I I liked Rex uh, Edward Norton's I, mm-hmm. role, and I liked mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum Jeff Goldblum's dog because he was constantly like, "Hey, did you hear the rumor?" And I love that. Right? <laughs> oh yeah, they, I, and they, like, and they bring I was it up. Loving that, I was like, "That's such great dialogue." I love like the small banter over it, like mm-hmm. over each other, like, "Whoa, yeah!" Like you just hear everyone's voices, and yeah. that, that th- there's something it's very so human, yeah, there, and there's something very comical about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, who was King? Oh, he was um the bald dude from Moonrise Kingdom, the cartoon. Oh, I forget okay. his name. That was he, the only one I He yeah. does a lot. I yeah. I just I don't know his name. Yeah. Um, no, I know. It, I looked it up and I forgot it immediately, <laughs> but I know who he is. I was like, cause I was like, who was that dog? I didn't post this. Um, what did you think of the film? Oh, I really liked it. Um, I don't really recall any of the dog's names. I'm really bad about that. I mean, I gotta say, I love Chief. Um, had a really good. Cha- uh, should I spoil? Yeah. Uh, I mean, no, it's no, keep it vague. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. Uh, I had a really good arc, I guess. But if anything, let me spoil so I get the lambasted with the hate because I love that. <laughs> but uh, can I bring up the most disturbing and cute thing about the movie? Oh, no, yeah. Damn baby voice puppies. <laughs> I could have sworn when when I saw these, I was I immediately thought of South Park, and uh, there's an episode where Stan goes uh, to the pita farm and uh the guy that runs the place is like i've made love to this ostrich and we've uh, had a kid and and it's an ostrich baby human oh. hybrid and it's just saying kill me <laughs> kill oh me it's like, it uncanny valley i was like i can't look at my dog the same way again because i'm like do you speak in a baby voice when you're born i don't oh is it, is it bad that when i was as i was watching i didn't really see anything wrong with what was going on screen? I don't know. I, it, was, mm. I, it disturbed me because every time it came up, I was like, oh God, like I, mm. next to Matt. I, I was just like, this makes sense. This yeah. is fine. And they, well, they're trying to humanize the dog, <laughs> oh, yeah, but yeah. I felt like that was a step like, whoa, mm. like oh, I just, I we're saw, getting creepy. I saw nothing wrong with it, which well, is you know, probably says more about me. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I watched you raise her head. That's what that Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh no. I, I love the radiator <laughs> woman in a racer. I, I just uh, Oh, that's... That's an image. Yeah, we can watch, watch that on the podcast. Have a good time. Invite the friends over to watch Eraserhead. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. And what was I going to say? Oh, Tra- I like Tracy's character. I liked her mm-hmm. hair. And I like that they use Yoko Ono to play Yoko Ono. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, that's her. That went 
right over my head. Um, so we orgasmed him so much about Wes Anderson a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I gotta say, he knows exactly what he wants yeah. when it comes to a film, like like stop motion or mm-hmm. live, like everything. All those small little motifs are there, mm-hmm. and it, everything just really really hits home and i love that i mean i got that just from the opening just uh like once you have the kabuki woman uh, yeah. uh come out With and the hashikigari and all our theater yeah, terms and, that we need to remember uh, oh my god That's it was right. so about no theater where was the uh matsuzaki and the matsuri and oh Goodness, oh, the salt gatherers. I could have. I, I, I mean, my mind immediately went to puppet theater. Yeah. Actually, that oh, that was yeah. that, that was the one thing I was just like, this works. I it know. feels so real. He's so smart. Mm, <laughs> he's so like, <laughs> he'll never puppets. do the no. He'll never do the same thing twice though. Like I feel like he always like spices it up. Does he use the same uh, cinematographer for everything? I don't know. I think no. He, no, he I th- I believe he does. Is he okay. his own cinematographer? Because yeah, it feels like it. Everything is always perfectly well it's so framed, perfect so it's symmetrical just, like, just such a joy to look he's at. a little magical pixie man it's that just, dresses like Catholic the, school girl it's, and just, skips oh, through the yeah. flower field. it's just all those like great like side scrolling shots yeah. i just love so much oh, so good i love um as they're walking along kind of like the bridge or that one mm-hmm. road how the background kept on changing behind yeah. them and the Hakuna Matata moment simple, yeah yeah mm-hmm. very simple uh effect but it was Effective. At one point, I thought it was about to cross over with Fantastic Mr. Fox. Because yeah. do you know the the wolf yeah. that, that just like raises mm-hmm. its paw in the air? Uh, and like, there's a lot of those like long distance shots that has that same yeah. thing in, in uh, Fantastic mm-hmm. Mr. Fox. Like, oh, wait, that, yeah. that fox. Bro. That's where it felt similar. Like, I can't smell him. It was like the same shot like, mm-hmm. in the distance. But I thought they could have done something with like Kitsune foxes, mm-hmm. which are like, you know, the shape shifting foxes. In Japanese folklore, and had a Fantastic Mr. Fox. Right? Maybe they did. Who knows? You know, there could be something there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this movie is rife with uh, Japanese yeah. movie references, mm-hmm. Japanese yeah. uh, mm-hmm. director references. There's yeah. a lot of Kurosawa in there. Yeah, I figured mm-hmm. it went completely over my head. I I, I do want to research and see what he actually did for this movie mm-hmm. to actually like make it very very Japanese. Oh, we'll have an art book on it next I week bet. probably because That's the same reason. That. The same reason why I can't fall. Like the Tracy character and the, yeah, the white yeah. savior trope because mm-hmm. there he just did so much with, with basically yeah. every other regard. And going into the movie, I was afraid that we weren't going to get like you know that Japanese flair. I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be a little whitewashed and Americanized, but that was totally not the case. I mean, they even like call it out right in the beginning, like the the voice of the dog have yeah. been translated from bark well, into uh, English. Matt didn't know that because he came in <laughs> ten minutes late with a damn sandwich. I, I, need some <laughs> I, I was like, I'll meet you in the theater. This looks like it could take a while. I think he shows up. What did I miss? And I go, the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who, uh, I was brought up to speed. Who narrated it? I, that's oh. uh, was it the uh, Allstate guy? It, it might have been. I think it was him. And until the Swinton was Oracle, and yeah. I yeah yeah, I, I was <laughs> like, there's Tilda Swinton. And who was Jupiter? That was oh. that was another thing. I, I looked up the whole cast. I know all the women. I don't know the men, unfortunately, mm. except for like the what a cast. misogynist you Sorry. are. <laughs> I enjoyed. Uh, I was going to say The Shape of Water. <laughs> the Shape of Water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the best fantastic Mr. Fox once you go, went to me. It was the same film as Shape of Water without the fishman. Okay, we're back, ladies and germs. Hmm. Um, hi. Uh, so, want to get cracking to what we're watching tonight? Let's do it. I'm excited. So, I offer to each a special clue, and Mark's not allowed to guess because I think he knows what movie we're no, watching. No, no, I want to hear the clues. No, no, no. I'll give you, I'll give you the clues again. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit more to, to tease you with. I've got a few facts in the, the old rotisserie oven that is my notebook. Um, so, Matthew's clue right. was, Matthew, you remind me of the babe. Yeah, no, I've got nothing. 
And then Mark's clue was, everybody loves a puppet. <laughs> All right. So. I got nothing. <laughs> well, I'm not. I think you I do, will know this. Rem- I do remember you saying it was 80s. Yes, it is a, a strongly 80s film. Uh, can, I, can I guess? Not yet. Wait uh, until I read some. Uh, Wait, because I know you know it. Does but, it take um, place? I don't know. The, 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 it takes place during the 80s. But so it didn't come out during the 80s. It, it came out during okay, the 80s okay, as well. Okay. So let me see here. What mm. uh, I can give you the budget of this film. <laughs> Well, no, that'll one. help me. So I, this I, film, memor- I knew memorizing the budget of all eight yeah, films would, would come, come in handy. handy right now. So this film <laughs> cost twenty-five million dollars to make, okay. and it only grossed twelve point eight million dollars during <laughs> oh, its time. Huh? But, has it made it back? Oh, yes, okay. it has made it back since, and it has become a cult classic film. Is it Trolls Two? So or Trolls Two? Sorry, so Trolls Two is not out yet. So, wait, uh, this is animated. No. Okay. It's not the last unicorn. Damn it. I've, I've actually watched that movie. <laughs> Me too. If I were a woman. That horrifying. <laughs> Mia Farrow's singing voice is horrifying. I don't know what's more horrifying. Come Halloween, that though. Watership hmm. Down. Oh, no. You know what's worse than Watership Down? Same animators. Uh, the Plague Dogs. Don't. Oh, I remember. You will fucking cry. Because uh, I yeah. cried during Watership Down. And I read the book Watership Down. The Plague Dogs, I saw the movie and I refused to read the book because it... We're getting a remake, you know that. With John Boyega. Yeah, as lead dog. <laughs> no, no, uh, Watership Down. What? Yeah. He's not a bunny. Yeah. <laughs> Act- <laughs> Actors can do anything yeah. nowadays. Oh, no, it's like a recording studio. As a bunny. As a bunny. <laughs> In full bunny costume. Um, all right, so there, either, there are two major characters in this movie, uh, male and a female lead. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of information about the female lead, who she could have been. In this movie, don't look at any of my notes. Is this Joe um, versus the volcano? So some, I hope not. <laughs> it's not actually. That's a whose first film did we uh, learn in trivia? Tom it was Hanks. That pair, yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks' first Matt film. Brian. Yep, Brian. Yep. It was three roles. <laughs> Joe, I saw that once and I was like, why am I watching this? <laughs> this shit, this schlock. Um, so some people who could have been our lead character include Helena Bonham Carter, my love of my life, Jane Krakowski. This could have been her first major film. Really? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, old horse face herself. <laughs> uh, Mary Stuart Masterson and Laura Dern and Marissa Tomei. Could oh, have I been love Laura Dern. our leading lady in this film. And then for my hmm. last hints, and this will probably give it away. For our leading man in the film, we could have had Michael Jackson, Prince, or Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger was strongly contested to be in the running for lead character in this film. Mm, okay. Well, now's the time to guess if you're gonna guess. Matthew, got, you got anything? I'm guessing it's music-oriented. There is. It is music-oriented <laughs> strongly. It, I have no it is not clue. technically a musical, though. Okay. It's, a little bit. Well, I really don't know what it could be though. Uh, I, I, yes. I'm gonna say the Wiz. But, uh, Wiz is close, but Michael Jackson is in that movie. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, Purple Rain. No. 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 I, oh. oh. I'll give you another hint. I'm wearing a pin with our lead actor in it. Oh. It's David Bowie. Shit. Oh. Tonight we're watching Labyrinth. Very uh, nice. Nightcaps at the theater. Um, Very nice. A little bit going. I'm gonna give you a little bit of info before going into this movie. This movie uh means a lot to me. 
because, you know, I should have been born in the 80s. Mm. Uh, I love David Bowie. Mm. He's always spoken to me. R.I.P. I miss Ziggy. But uh, his music's great. I love him, man. And he does a great job in this movie. And there's so many fun little facts about David Bowie that I can share to you after we've watched. I've already pre-taken all my notes, <laughs> so I don't have to. Where I could just knock a few back Very when we're nice. doing that. Henson directed this. Jim mm-hmm. Henson of the Muppets fame. Uh, Dark Crystal, Fraggle Rock. And he co-wrote this with Dennis Lee. This is an original story based on his own ideas. Nothing that he stole from a novel. This is the love child of George Lucas, Jim Henson, and David Bowie. They were the kind of the tri-star that fueled this production. Uh, The soundtrack is entirely by Bowie and Trevor Jones. So he played a big role in this movie as well as providing all of the music. Bowie was in other movies, including The Hunger, which is a really good vampire movie. Uh, The Last Temptation of Christ, another really good movie. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me. Oh, I actually haven't seen that. (laughs) And The Man Who Fell to Earth. Our leading actress is Jennifer Jennifer Connelly, who you might not know. She's Mm. in Phenomena, which is what I know her from, which is an Argento horror-esque film. That's my Italian Mm. horror director. I'll bring him along onto the podcast. But she does a good, well, I'm not going to say a good job. She's, I don't know. I connected with her at a younger age, so I'm kind of biased. I can't judge her. Okay. For I know her from Little, little Children. Little Children. We'll She's in her. other things, too. I think she did some TV. Um, oh, my roommate's finally going to listen to this episode. So, I've been telling her for weeks. She hasn't listened, but yeah, Labyrinth she likes is one Labyrinth? of her favorites. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, Labyrinth, I'm. it's a favorite of mine. I don't know if it would place anywhere in my ups, but I do enjoy watching it. Yeah. I, um, I think it's got a special place in a lot of people's heart. Yeah. Um, I've seen maybe snippets of it. I haven't mm-hmm. seen the movie in its entirety but i am excited to see this. i'm glad i would have mm-hmm. thought for sure for some reason that mark would have seen this uh, it feels like your kind of movie like i said you like you like star wars don't you it's the same thing <laughs> Wait, this is star- <laughs> there's no galaxy <laughs> there's jar jar banks in scene number two it takes Me place in the same movie could be in this movie oh <laughs> 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 uh, poor george <laughs> that movie's racist yeah oh yeah this movie isn't it was a different time <laughs> it was a different time that should be a podcast itself oh yeah but uh so i'm excited for you guys to watch so let's dance magic dance do, do, do. Yeah, okay whatever <laughs> well i'll get that soon <laughs> So we're back at Nightcaps at the theater. Did I say that right, y'all? That's why I have two co-hosts <laughs> yep, now Nightcaps instead of one. At the theater. I've been blurring a little bit here. We had some whiskey. Speaking of what we drank tonight. All right, yeah. guys. It's story time at Nightcaps at the theater. <laughs> I got us some Jameson whiskey to go along with this film. You may have noticed they didn't drink any alcohol in this film. But mm-hmm. my reference runs deep like a river through it. Okay. Um, there's a David Bowie offcut called Show Me the Way to the Next Whiskey Bar, the Alabama song. Uh, yes. The way to, to the, the next whiskey, whiskey bar. bar. No, don't ask why. No, no don't, don't ask why. why. And the origination is actually from theater, which is my roots. It is from Bertolt Breck and Kurt Weil from the city of Mahagoni, hmm. the opera. 
So oh. Bowie took inspiration from this opera. Well, I to... think that was a cover of The Doors, right? The well, Doors? No. No, no, no. Really? The Doors stole it from Kurt Vile and okay. Bertolt Brecht. Kurt, from Kurt, Kurt From Three Penny Opera. I'm, oh. Yeah, are you thinking Kurt Vile like the current uh, guitarist yeah, no, from the War on Drugs? No. Yeah. No, what same, are you? Same, same I here. don't know of this new Kurt Vile. He oh, died long ago. No, you guys Kurt, know this Kurt, Kurt Vile yeah? reincarnate. Oh, oh my God, gosh. you got to give it to he's me, a, man. He's a slacker guitarist. Listen, really? Listen to yeah. him and Courtney Barnett together. Yep. It's <laughs> See, that's mm-hmm. why Matt and you are on the podcast now because you two are music it's lovers. Yeah, I can't wait to swap <laughs> some stuff with you. Oh my God, it's a match made in heaven. So that is where my reference came from. That old Alabama song. Appreciate this old Jameson. You know, never nothing, a bad time with some whiskey. Yeah, nothing reminds me of childhood more than watching Labyrinth with my friends and having dad in the corner drinking whiskey, you know, <laughs> yelling at me and screaming in his weird alternative language. As you just like prepping his belt. <laughs> I mean, the hits mean he loves me, right? Labyrinth again. Oh. You're gonna get it, boy. Alright, so let's look at my pre-production notes before we get into y'all notes, because I know mm. this is the first time they've ever done seen Labyrinth before. I gotta grab my notes. So speaking of Warwick Davis, he was brought up during this. He is an extra goblin in this film. I can't na- can, name which one he is. Can we though. talk about what year does this movie come out? Uh, 1986. Alright, that makes okay. sense. Because Warwick Davis, his first acting role was Return of the Jedi. And that was more of like a, kind of like a call-in role from like a, a British, uh, like, um, news program. So he was like 11 when he, when he first donned that Ewok costume. Wow. Wow. Jedi. And, and he's still alive, right, man? Oh, no. Yeah. He's, like, just, like, maybe just reaches 50s now. Oh, my gosh. And, and Good for him. Good for him. Last I saw him was on the Ricky Gervais mm. uh, short-lived oh. show, Life's... Uh, no pun intended. Yes, when they went to Milan yeah. or something, Italy, and they were doing the weird sex kinky stuff. Oh, I you're thinking the of the third season of An Idiot Abroad, I yeah. think. I'm, I am. I'm thinking I'm, of I Life's am. Too See, Short. See, we all love Idiot Abroad. It is a match yep. made in heaven. Idiot Abroad is great. <laughs> April is here, too, by the way. Oh, hi. <laughs> there we I go. Didn't fall asleep she, in this movie. She, I, okay, so some trivia facts. Ludo was played by two actors in the suit, plus like four puppeteers. So that big Ludo concoction. <laughs> we'll get the Ludo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm trying to keep to it say. on. Um, Huggle, we need to talk about Ludo. Huggle was one actor with four puppeteers. That makes sense. Wow. Four puppeteers. Four puppeteers. How? I don't know. It was green screen magic, man. That was looking good. Um, Did you see him shake that ass? The motion of... (laughs) (laughs) The motion of David Bowie juggling his balls was actually done by a stunt double behind him. So that way, he was never juggling the balls. And my stunt double, this was actually a vendor at Woodbridge Mall. No, the stunt double's name was Michael Motion, and that was his job. And you could just feel him getting his life behind the camera, juggling those balls for David Bowie. Um, um, the cod piece was a, di- a director's artistic choice. Uh, specifically mentioned that it must stay in this movie. Um, what? Uh, how yes? many pup- what was Jim Henson? <laughs> Jim Henson. Jim Henson wanted it in 100%. He said, oh give me that cod piece from day one, and there it stayed. He's like, I love big cocks, so I'm going to that. Yeah, how many puppeteers did David Bowie's member have? Just one, his own puppeteer. Oh, he didn't yes. need no one meant. think that he was stuffing. Oh, oh yeah, I did. David Bowie's cod piece was everything. Uh, I think cod derivates, uh, derivates, I can't even talk. What is the term? Deriv- the term comes from the old English word for bag and cock. 
cod piece. Okay. Okay. So it's a bag for a cock. In the olden days, um, men would wear cod pieces and they would put in their jewels, their money, their coins, really? and whatever precious things they would have to them. Thus, the, the term family jewels. Okay, That's where it originated from. So a little nice. bit of a history lesson like for that. you all. Look at that. And then my most interesting pre-fact before we get into the movie is that according to my favorite podcast quote unquote last Night podcast the theater. no 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 oh. Oh. Not, not, not even us we're like far below yeah. but I recommend that you listen last podcast on the left they did a mm. special episode on David Bowie because they love him um, David Bowie for three years subsisted on a diet of cocaine milk <laughs> hot peppers and cigarettes for Jesus three whole Christ. years and cock. oh my god but can you imagine Hot peppers, Ugh. milk, cocaine, and cigarettes for three whole years. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know about you, but I can't mix my coke with milk. I think that's no. like the it, new it age upsets diet. The stomach. I, <laughs> being that he died at sixty-nine actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's true. I didn't know that until you told he me. He shouldn't have lived that long. I wouldn't have known it from this, though. I, mean, I think that he he was planning on dying. That age. He's such a lovely person, though. Like he doesn't feel like he. I mean, despite like the coke like spasms not, that he must have had. I'm not saying that, that he was a terrible person yeah like, just like the fact that he actually lived that long oh my gosh long. and this was well this was 1986 i yeah. think in 83 he just scored like a big hit with let's dance yeah which let's dance <laughs> but anyway let's get on to the labyrinth this is the first time i have two labyrinth virgin three labyrinth virgins with me tonight that's, true. that's unprecedented yeah. and never i never imagined this would happen before not so much a virgin but i I've you've seen, seen clips he's, ha- seen he's had he's had just the tip i'm for the reason why i wrote so many like hilarious notes down because this movie just didn't sit right remember i said that this was a 25 million budget we know that mm. most of the budget went into that damn CGI owl, which is the most unimpressive. C- yeah. It hasn't aged well. Before we get into that, can we talk about TriStar Pictures for a second? Yeah, what happened to them? Where did they? I they went bankrupt, I, think, I assume. I think Labyrinth happened they, to them. Yeah. When I look at TriStar Pictures, I just think of my childhood because I, I think of just mostly anything just that just popped up there i think matilda made it yeah i think so too maybe mm. goonies oh my god we need to watch i don't know I those know. are two future watches for this podcast <laughs> definitely in the cupboard oh my god mark mark is after my own heart i've I, seen all of these movies um but uh, just that that immediately that logo coming up with the, with the horse or unicorn mm-hmm. just, uh, that gave me such seminal flashbacks yeah to my childhood i'm glad i'm and, glad uh, so they, that, that was and they were immediately crushed by this film i assume <laughs> but yeah can we talk about the owl for a second so that cgi owl looks like an i let an owl loose in my apartment and i can only imagine people in the theaters like in the 80s going my god there's an owl in this theater <laughs> what's going yeah, on it's like the train they it was coming right at <laughs> the 1920s <laughs> one thing i appreciate about it is the transition from from that owl cgi the credits going into the actual live action and the, the mm-hmm. owl being putting on the the post yeah that was surprisingly well that done i, I didn't even right. i didn't even notice that because it looked like the harry potter chamber in the secrets pc game where the <laughs> owl was coming at me it's the same graphics yeah. literally play that game it's the same owl, owl. I could, i'm like it's that same tawny owl that's there with the brown and the white and i've seen it before you could count the they could have saved a few million right off the bat if they got rid of that owl that's they could true. have saved a few million. It God. was so unnecessary. Maybe also a better actress. Stop. We'll get Which to. Stop. No. 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 Oh, no. It makes sense why they couldn't afford. I'm a not one. there. Okay. So 
I li- listen. I'm going to address this on the podcast right now. I love Jennifer Conley, bad acting and all, because this <laughs> is a movie from my childhood, and I cannot speak bad of her. Mm. I cannot. So, what do you two have to think about Jennifer Conley throughout the She's whole? She's a bad actress. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it boils down <laughs> I, to. I, I, uh, Matt, have you seen her in anything else? I have. No, I have. Not that I. Re- I have, not that I recall. <laughs> all right, then I'll shut up. <laughs> not that I recall. Which I feel like if she were uh, something to remember, she's I would have remembered the, she's her. She's the knockoff Demi. Moore. That's exactly because I wrote down here. Well, wasn't Demi Moore who was Demi Moore in my choices she for? Was, she, no, Marisa Tomei was in my first no, choice. Oh wow! I look at Jen, Jennifer Connelly. I, I I think of Ghost. But can we imagine Jane Krakowski in this role though? She was right behind Jennifer Connelly, which devastates me because I would have had my um, Jane Krakowski love years before I loved her already on Thirty Rock. Yeah. The thing is, she's I don't. Not that, she's not big of a fan of me for, uh, to begin with. What? I, I like her a little bit on Kimmy Schmidt, but that's about it. I love her, uh, man. I do she's like, like her, my, yeah. she's like my top. But like she's also there. playing the, pretty much the same uh, character in both those shows. Yeah, that's true. I agree. I think just because she's good at it, like they. Sarah Jessica Parker could have also been cast. I, I, you know what? I like Sarah Jessica Parker. <sighs> That horse. Oh my god, <laughs> I agree. Yes, thank you, April. You like, horse wait, face, no. Uh, yes, horse face. Well, yeah. Yeah. Hashtag horse face. I can offer a little bit of trivia. Just fine. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. For, we're talking about Jennifer. Um, Sarah Jessica Sarah Parker. Jessica. Jennifer Sarah Parker. Yeah, alcohol is really kicked in. <laughs> uh, have you ever seen uh, Ed Wood? Yes. No. So there's a there's a quick line in here and they're discussing Edward's like play that he directed mm-hmm. and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker happened to be in that play and in the review uh, she's described as something and then she looks up from the paper and she goes do I really have a face like a horse? <laughs> she does. This is where Aww. it comes from kids. <laughs> I mean she do look like a horse though. Oh, you really? can't deny that. I, I, you know what I just she can't. brought it into being. I can't really because you know what I look at Hocus Pocus and I just think man just a little bit older in this time. Stop in tracks right there. I was a bus driver. Hold up, oh, hold yeah. up. That mummy. Wait, Mark, <laughs> you've got it. You've got to stop in your tracks right there because I showed Matt Hocus Pocus for yes. the first time last Halloween. Yep. That's so you true. know, come Halloween, what we gonna fucking watch on this podcast? Mm-hmm. Hello, Billy. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> the book. <laughs> oh, we're gonna oh, watch Hocus we, Pocus. We came up with the needs to be adapted. It needs to be. It we needs came to up happen. with the drinking game, right? But what was it? I have one. On my, time... I have one on my PC. Don't worry, I got it there. We'll I got it there. Podcast. No, oh, I've got like four drinking games for movies on our podcast. Oh my god! I'm in trouble. <laughs> Bob this master. Call me master. All right. So anyway, we've got to get to Sarah. Played by Jennifer Connelly. Oh, she is the OG LARPer without the rice packets <laughs> I, and the thunderbolts, I, and her nips are falling out during the scene. I did write down D and D right here because yeah. it looks like she is playing a, a, a round of uh, Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. here by herself. By the way, with her dog Merlin, <laughs> which is the <laughs> which is a thing. creative meme. Also, I'm a nerd. Did anyone pay attention to the book that she was uh, trying? The to Labyrinth. The was- Labyrinth. So yeah. is this an actual book? I don't know, Mark. That's in your mind. It's not an actual book, yeah. by the way. I was leaning towards no. It's a play. All right, I'll go into this, but we need a little bit later. We need to get to her room for me to go into all this mm-hmm. deep subtext that y'all missed. Okay. Um. So we meet Merlin the sheepdog, and he is adorable. He is. He's also double casted. He is. He gets two roles. He got twice the paycheck in this film. Uh, 
He's uh, I I do have written down here uh, white people. Because, <laughs> white people because Jim probably lives in a very white neighborhood. I think it's Connecticut, but, oh, also, yeah. but also empty at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> there's no ethnics in this town. Only white people. There is not a single person of color in this but movie, is there? <laughs> it was the 80s it was a different time that's true i was gonna say something but i can't <laughs> don't please what i said during that movie well, i can't well, bring well, it up half our viewers no yeah all two of them will only have because, one because of a certain name. no stop that so anyway we meet sarah and i don't think she's likable at the beginning of the film oh no not at all I, do you think so i, I almost do d- d- despite the her terrible acting she is having fun with herself and that she just wants to kind of like she doesn't. She doesn't seem to have many friends or any at all. <laughs> None at all, except for her dog. Yeah, she needs a date. Oh, yeah. yeah according to her mom, she, well, her we, stepmother. We do go back to her house. Um, because what is she late for something? I she's she's supposed to watch her baby brother Toby because yeah. her parents are going out like once in a moonfall, which I understand is like a single child. It's like all right, I gotta watch the baby, and mm-hmm. I don't even have siblings. But Sarah is not feeling it. She's like, I never do anything right in your eyes, do I? Slam door. <laughs> but her, but also like her, uh, her mother, her stepmother, I guess, right? Yeah, stepmother. It's never really addressed no. as much. Oh, it's no. supposed to be a fairy tale, like parallel. Like her, like her parents are very much absent from this film. Well, yeah, they're well, never I mean, seen again. They're not useful in this film. <laughs> like her stepmom says, like, oh, like I wish you had a date. Where she's also complaining, where were you? Where it's like, oh, bitch, like, like, like. Uh, like Come on, like, uh, do you want her to be home or out? It doesn't. Like, that, that, that just that. Parallel, but see, I stick with. I stick with the parents' side because they just want to go out. They haven't been out in a while. But also, she's yeah. complaining that she, she, her daughter should go out. They, they make well, I mean, asshole. come on. Every mother in this world complains that their, like, you, you know, son or daughter should be dating do you someone go out at this point. Or you want to stay home and fuck? <laughs> I they think just I do. want they want I that longevity, lean. you know. They want those children popping out, you know. They want to feel remembered <laughs> or in this hire world. a sitter. That's it. Or that's hire a, that's it. That's true. But they're she's rich there. I, I'm cheap. I wouldn't hire a sitter also, right there. Their house is very lofty. <laughs> they live in Connecticut with Martha Stewart well, up there. We're also not addressed like what, they, where they live. In. Hey, that's how the rich stay I, rich. I thought, I thought Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, it could be Pennsylvania. It's like a, it's definitely an eastern town, though, right? We can agree on that. Maybe yeah. An yeah. eastern coast. I lean more with the parents. I think I agree with you, John. Yeah, because listen, when she when the stepmother shows up and goes, I'm not letting that fucking dog in my house because he's Go fucking to filthy. The garage. Listen, <laughs> I wouldn't let that. The- listen, I love dogs. I have a dog. I own a dog. I've owned a dog all my life. I would not let that I'm, fucking dog I'm, in my house with him dirty. Go to the garage. I'll I'm, clean you off. Unless the the the, the garage <laughs> is very lofty and has like. <laughs> listen, these yeah, are right. rich white people living in Connecticut. They have a two story garage. The only, dog, the only person I connect with is that dog. Yeah, Merlin. <laughs> uh, so, um, we were worried about you, and then Sarah's response is, I never do anything right, slams door. And I'm like, me, that's my life as a single child. As an only Italian boy in the family, I'm like, slam the door. I get what I want. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it comes down to the writing or the acting or if it's a mix of both. I don't know if Jennifer Connelly could have performed better with uh, better, better writing. Answers, no. She could have. I like Jennifer Connelly. No, I think it was because just she like doesn't progress any further from this movie in terms of a good actress. Yeah. You should have seen this movie when you were twelve. I you would have thought children. different. I saw 
he's just not that into you. Mm-hmm. And that's... And, no, there's, <laughs> Why do you keep bringing that up? There's other movies, but like she's terrible. She's, oh, she's not boy. a good actress. I think I she's that. okay out there, fans. So you could side with me if you love Jennifer uh, Connelly's okay, performance okay. in this movie. So we cut to her room. Right? Yes, okay. So first, before you get to that room, she initially, she has a cat poster, which mm. signifies that she is trash. <laughs> I do not like cats in any way. I'm like, but you're done. She was big at the time. She redeems herself in the end, and I'll get to that later. So continue, Mark. All right, so uh, there's a quick shot of, like, a, a lingering shot, actually, of, like, all these storybooks, like, fantasy yes. books. Yes, There's Snow White. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wizard what, of Oz. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Uh, where the Wild Things Are, which mm-hmm. I didn't think was actually that old. Yeah. I thought, actually, that was a book that came out. Maurice Sendak. He's been true. around for a while. And, uh, yeah, so she lives sort of, like, in this fantasy world of hers that she or, that, or something that she prefers to live in. Because mm-hmm. Who the hell knows? There's, it's never really addressed, like, if she's... You know, I also wrote down here, is she autistic? <laughs> well, that's a, a predominant theme throughout because the whole movie. She, like, uh, she names one of her bears Lancelot, because, like, she has this shelf of bears, yeah. and one of them's missing. She's like, Lancelot? But I've been, I've been there, too. I'm like, you are 14 years old, <laughs> Listen, and you, and you are calling all your bears by name, I've been, they are human beings. I've been there as 14. I don't know if you all grew up in the 80s like me, <laughs> born in 93, but you're calm down. I, I've been there too, so I feel for Sarah. And she is a nerd, but not just any nerd. She is a theater nerd because her mom, listen, I'm going to blow your mind. Her previous mom was a theater actress, judging by the pictures on her mirror. Mm. And in those pictures, you could see David Bowie was a co actor with her original mom. Ooh. He's post there. David Bowie's uh, influence here yeah. to her mindset. Yeah, so was David Bowie a father figure for her, or just did he want to boink her throughout the whole movie? We'll never know. So this was all a hallucinogenic <laughs> dream. I'll never tell. Conjured by some <laughs> bad meth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get that, and she says the immortal line, I wish the goblins would take you away right now. Mm. And she's like, a bunch of quick shots to a bunch of goblins. But they were effective. Them. Y'all were laughing during I, those I know, scenes. I mean, it, but it was so abrupt. Where yeah. Like, where are, are, are they living I, in the wall? I think I mean, maybe <laughs> if I had more of an idea, like, you know, if I'd seen trailers in the 80s before seeing this movie, then I could have been eased into it. But as it is now, like, without really knowing what to expect those cuts were jarring i would have i would have preferred them not being there and then they just kind of sort of like come to the room yeah themselves as if like her mind is now starting to take over yeah everything that would have been good where it's like because you're you're led to believe where it's like is this real is this not real mm-hmm. and that's and it still has that same effect at the end of the movie which will get to so then we get to david bowie and his immortal cod piece in this movie he enters through the window and goes sarah my dear i'm here to take you to the goblin kingdom toby's gone now she's never like should i call my like should i tell my parents they're about gone this? there ain't no cell phones in the 80s what are you There's talking about lines. well first of all before he even enters like uh, she hears a wrestling before she even gets oh yeah the, the because uh, the, it's like as soon as I heard that, I would close the door behind me, and I would never enter again. <laughs> Bye, Toby. I, I, not even the room, the house. I would leave. Like, all I mean, together. as an only child, April, are you an only child? No, I have a sister. Fuck! Everyone I know <laughs> is a fucking sibling. Okay, right. I'm gonna give you the perspective of an only child. Okay. If I had a sibling fucking crying in the other room, you know what I would do as an Italian boy? Leave him fucking crying in the other room. Exactly. I don't fucking care about that person. They'll learn. I'm done. Pillow over the. 
the face. <laughs> no, I'm not that deep. <laughs> Maybe on my off days, I would give it a pillow to the face. But come on, you're all our siblings, so give your opinions on this shit. I would not. We have the the uh, the, the essential line from David Bowie. Forget about the baby. Forget about the baby, <laughs> Sarah. He's mine now, in my kingdom, in well, my castle. Well, what's he going to do with that baby? He's going to diddle it, of course. Oh, no! no. no. Not David Jared. Bowie. Diddle the baby! No, no, no. Jared from Subway. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I have a couple things I wrote down here, actually. So, um, this sort of reminded me of Hook. Yeah! Did you watch Hook? Yes! Oh, parts of it. Of course I have, <laughs> Mark. I'm you in Carden. So, it, it, I don't know, it evoked a lot of that, where it's like yeah. uh, the... The, uh, Peter's kids like mm-hmm. sleeping. And, well, it's like, the same time period, right? The, the, it's the, the, also eighties, right? I, no, it came out like ninety one. Yeah, but it's early nineties. That's almost the eighties. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, you're right. But um, it, it evokes some of that feeling, you know. And what? There's something else I wrote down. Here. <laughs> oh shit. Um. Oh yes. So David Bowie sounds like Hugo Weaving from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, and and other things. <laughs> yes, but yeah, because he evokes like no, he just he just sounds just well. Like he's Hugo British. Weaving. He's British. Of course, he sounds like that. He's Australian, but it's close enough. It's the Queen's Kingdom. I don't know, but it, it, it's <laughs> there. There's so so many like similarities between the two of them here. Uh, so we uh, we get a little further, and and he brings up this crystal. Yes. This ball. Yes. So twirling it around. Trivia about the ball. The ball is not handled by him. It is handled by a separate actor twirling the balls. I couldn't even even tell. His hand was in frame with himself. Directly behind him, he's feeling his life right there twirling the balls. That's pretty cool. So where are David Bowie's hands at that moment? Bowie's hands are probably behind his back like so. That's crazy. Uh, So then he discusses, you know, you... uh, was it? He, no, she gets sucked into the, the world now. Yeah, he transitions immediately to look at my castle beyond, and they do like a green screen effect where the castle is sitting beyond. Uh, he also does like one of these cool map paintings that we just don't see anymore. Yeah. Of, mm. the, of, the, like, um, of the castle and the, and the labyrinth. I agree. Yeah. And he said, you It's beautiful, too. 13 hours. 13 hours. But what is there any significance as to why... <laughs> 13's an unlucky number? That's all I can think of. But there's one thing that I pointed out here where it's like, this could be... If we were to, like, reboot this into a series, this would make a great... Netflix uh, is known for just making 13 episodes yeah. per season. I mean, they've kind of altered it, but more like 10 or 8, mm-hmm. eight episodes. Mm-hmm. But, like, usually the, the number is 13. You know, yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. Series of unfortunate events, 13. Um, 13 reasons why you know, it has 13 <laughs> oh, episodes. Right. Uh, but, like, you know, like, uh, I think this could actually make a pretty good, like, you know, 13 episodes. I think so, too. Um, but we get an introduction to Hoggle. The dwarf, <laughs> and he's pissing in a fountain. Yeah, that's his intro. Which I really a, we see a piss stream. Yeah, I really and, appreciate because that puts to rest the long-running fan debate as to whether uh, Muppets have penises. They do. So now we know Muppets they do. do have penises. They yeah. procreate. So are you a fan of Hoggle or are you not? I fucks with Hoggle. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I would be. I feel like he's a a, a fairway friend, but in the end, he comes back. I was to trying you. to go back and forth because there's all these like scenes that we that that are a little bit further on with him and David Bowie mm. because he's supposed to be like a lesser of David Bowie, like like a servant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's just like you know, like uh, oh, here here's the entrance to the labyrinth. So he's he's more like kind of like a loop, like saying, hey, here it is, like. 
do what you want, you know. Uh, I don't know. There's I got no, nothing, I get him. I got nothing for Hoggle. I get. I mean, I would like him, but at first he's all like, "Nah, bitch, I ain't feeling you." You know, do, he's a uh, traitor in disguise. I like that though. I like uh, that you're able to you know, see like he's the got transition. alternative motives it, right there. It shows that he. Yes, yes. It, yeah, it shows that he has like some sort of a uh, semblance of complex thought where he's able mm-hmm. to like betray his mm-hmm. his overlord. I guess. Yeah. So we get to the glitter walls where they used all the glitter in Britain for which, this film. Which is just David Bowie just walking through. Yeah, David Bowie's set. been here. I've seen him before. <laughs> the glitter trail. We see a cobweb which might, might not be David Bowie's uh, seminal fluid. Oh, <laughs> might be. It probably is. Uh, we meet the Cockney Worm with, Hello, governor. What are you doing here? <laughs> he specifically points out, uh, uh, did you say hello? No, he goes, no, I said Hello. We're just like, okay. We're British. Yeah, Jennifer Conley's like, fuck this bitch. I've been here before. Clever uh, use of uh, scenery, or just uh, where it's just like, no, the entrance is right in front of you, love. Or it's like, where? It's just like, keep going forward. Yeah. And then she just kind of like walks out of frame. And I know y'all were taken aback by this because you were all like, damn. That was pretty damn good. Look at that. I was like, see, that's Labyrinth's magic right there. That was pretty damn good. But at the same time, I was also thinking, doesn't she have any sense of depth perception? Where it's like, you could tell there's not a wall. But it was so, it was so good. (laughs) Was she autistic? (laughs) The subtitle for Labyrinth. Labyrinth, was she autistic? (laughs) And then we get the most famous musical number in the movie, Dance, Magic, Dance. But yeah, here, mm. yeah, I, I have a... There's a look. Before this this song starts, this musical number, There's he's just sitting on his throne, David Bowie. Yeah. And he's just so bored. He's the Goblin King. Why wouldn't he be bored, he's Mark? He's so bored. He's like, he's like when does the, the song start, <laughs> and it, it, But even prior to that, too, before that... It's a zoom in on the baby, and all these goblins huddled around it, and the baby's crying. And all I thought was the music video of MGMT's Kids. If <laughs> anyone's seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because it's just a bunch of monsters surrounding this child that this mother is pushing in her, in her, in her carriage. Yeah. And it's frightening. Huh. Well, I didn't get that, but I, I mean, I, I like the number. I like that he's throwing that baby every which way till sunshine. Sunshine. What is there that that just like kind of precedes it though? What what's the meaning of it? Dance, magic, dance. Because there's like five there's, songs yeah. in, this, in this movie. Put could... that magic spell on me, yeah, babe. <laughs> I I still don't understand the motivation behind uh, the Goblin King David, to have this baby. It's David like... Bowie doing his Goblin Kingist. So wait, where? So, I think we had a theory, or maybe it was confirmed in the film, that the baby would become a goblin if 13 hours went on. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, because 13 hours passed, he becomes a goblin. Does that mean that all the other goblins in the city are like former babies? That's what I was From families? This is good. Yeah. This is good. This is a good idea. He's so fascinated by the baby, where because at one point he says, like, I think I'll call him Gareth. <laughs> Jareth! Or Jareth. <laughs> Not he, Gareth. What, what is he? He only calls himself that or, or Hoggle that calls him. Yeah, because it's a title. The movie. Like, he, like, it was like, when did, what, Gareth? Like, Jareth! Jareth. <laughs> now I have that effect. You're doing the Hoggle it's, effect. It's yeah. Hoggle? It's Hoggle. It's pronounced Jeff. Which that's something we get to, too. Or just uh. like, like, just that. 
fucking care. Okay. <laughs> now, the next thing I wrote down here before we move any further is Dark Crystal. I, I just call you So, this yeah. came after Dark Crystal, ladies and gentlemen. The reason why I did not... Uh, suggest Dark Crystal, which I also have on Blu-ray and 4K HD um, before Labyrinth is because it, I feel like it's less story than Labyrinth, and it's more confusing to follow. Is That's surprising. Story? I feel like it is. Because, you know, alright, so I haven't seen Dark Crystal, but everything about that movie that I've heard about that it almost seems like it's more world building than it is from It is, side. but I feel like it's way more confusing confusing than Labyrinth. <laughs> I, I think Labyrinth is confusing for different reasons. It's confusing because you're not like explained any sort of uh, the world like rules. You're supposed to be on the fairy tale mantra where you're not supposed to be explained I anything. Yeah. This girl was taking the short bus and she just had this whole imagination. <laughs> you leave Jennifer Connelly alone. She did her best she could. Uh, so then we get to the door riddle. All right, yeah, and I, can you all explain to me the door riddle? I have. I, have, I think I wrote yeah. down here uh, riddle cat dogs <laughs> because they were two halves that were connected. To Listen, you. if you came to a door that was telling you all truth and telling you all lie, what yeah, would yeah. you ask, Matthew Cabrera? Well, I think I figured it out because they were saying beforehand. Um, I don't know. They, while they were explaining it, I feel like they kind of gave it away. But I think she chose the wrong door. I don't, I don't know think if she did. Because I've debated this back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, she would have died, I guess. I will say that if, uh, if I have to ask a question, I go, how do I get home? Because I don't know what the fuck's going <laughs> but on. But she's not trying to get home, though. Because they tell her to just go back the way she came. I mean, at this what? Point, I'll be like... All right. I do you want to forget about the? Baby. Listen. <laughs> Bring me home now, wizard. <laughs> Listen to my master strategy. Okay. Here's what I would do: I would lick the palm of my hand, and then put it on the face of each door, and go to each door. Did I just lick the palm of my hand and put it on your face? Obviously, the okay. liar is going to say no. Right. And the truther is going to say yes. Yes. So I would obviously follow the truther. But you could only ask it one question, I think. Well, that's what I would do, yes. But then you would still have to figure out which door to go through. Listen, I would listen to the truther. Don't, don't, I, listen, I don't know what's going the fuck on with this ruler. <laughs> I think she did the right thing with this. I think so, yeah. I mean, they would have thought about, thought about it. It's think it's just because of the whiskey. The alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I think she did it right, but I don't know. I, I think she did it right because I have it down in my notes, but she gets to the Harvey Weinstein tunnel of hands. What I'm confused about is how she got. <laughs> what I'm confused about how she got like so smart. There's no indication that she She's would like be smart. able to solve this she riddle. She is smart. Leave her yeah. alone. Um, actually, that's like a turning point. Before that, she was trolling by everyone. You know, she was like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on. I'm so mad." And she for did. No reason. Yeah. And then suddenly she became so smart. Like, oh, I figured it, and she chose the right door. And then she got dumb again. Again, though, <laughs> kind of, yeah. Were you ever a, a weird moment of lucidity? Were you ever like a preteen? Calm down, leave Jennifer Connelly alone. All right, I'm gonna be the one that like calms that fire down. Defender on everything else, she's dumb. Oh, so Sarah goes down the Bill Cosby <laughs> rung of hands, and she is uh, asked. Legend, uh, hands. That's true. I know Bill Cosby diddled those women. So <laughs> they ask, "Would you go up or go down?" And she stupidly replies, "I'll go down." Come on, bitch. We know you need to go up because that's where you came from. And she goes down into the oubliette. 
I do really like the effects of those hands. Though. That was that it's was very inspired. Good. And they're talking with their hands. Yeah, it's very classy. Really cool. I love it. Yeah, very puppet theater. And who does she meet down there? She meets Hoggle. Oh, what's he doing down there? He's diddling, of course. As he always, <laughs> always says, he's like, I've always been here. I knew you would fail, and oh, I'm going to lead you out of here. You caught me in the middle of my diddling. Like, in between this, we also see that Bowie is looking in on this on his magic ball. All right. Let's hold up before you continue with that sentence. Okay. Did you notice? And I know you didn't, but there are <laughs> secret Bowie faces throughout the entire film. Not just for that one obvious one I pointed right, out. Yes. Freeze frames of the rocks and stuff. Yeah. You can point out David oh, Bowie geez, faces. And you told me it's oh, not a horror movie. movie. And it's there. It's there more <laughs> than once. He's with himself. That's no, about. that's not true. It's supposed to mean that Jareth is watching them. Can we also mention mm. that? Uh, 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 what's his name? David Bowie is also Jigsaw in this <laughs> because he uh, everything that he can constru- uh, cons- oh, what's the word? <laughs> I, I can't say it without slurring. Oh, the words <laughs> just disappeared. Uh, he, he's because he, um, I I immediately think back to Saw Three. Okay, because uh, we realize that he watches everything that's going on. Yeah, between, right. Jigsaw like, watches everything. his little like uh, subvertence and, and like getting out of these traps and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, oh, it looks like she's made it this far. I didn't expect her to make it this. I thought I picked an autistic woman to oh, stop this maze. And it's just like, oh, like okay, or it's like he's he's um, I don't know, he's, he's toying with her. Yeah, and, okay. and maybe he's also half expecting her. Well, to obviously, make it this as stuff. you suggested before, are the other goblins babies? Right, so has yeah. he done this little like rigmarole before? I think so he's done this before. He expects the same results, but Sarah is slightly different, making her smarter than yes. the other stupid preteens that he's fooled throughout this whole. Mm. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to Ludo. I kind of wish at the end it would be um, like all the goblins would kind of revert to babies, like at the end of a Sonic level when you free all the little animals. Oh my gosh, from the Eggman awesome. capsule. That's I could see I that. I wish that happened. <laughs> I, I so we that get to my time. we get to my favorite line in the film, which is nothing, nothing, tra la la, <laughs> with Bowie doing that amazing reveal of himself. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. Right. Actually. See, I'm glad you thought that Wait, way. What was the reveal again? He I was forgot. like, he was <laughs> like a crippled, like he was like one of those old um, mm. European, like not ah, witch, salam, not witch doc- plague doctors, oh, plague yeah, doctors yeah. with the long nose, and he he revealed himself, and he's yeah. like, I'm David Bowie of my codpiece. Here I am. <laughs> what are you doing with this girl? Oh, and he re- and Hoggle was like, No, no, I was leading her back to the entrance of the amaranth, and he's like, mm-hmm. Bitch, I see through your lies. He is the and they get a giant drill after them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something straight out of robots. Oh my goodness. You know that movie? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen robots. That's yeah. the, that's the turning point that's of Ewan Disney McGregor animation, and, I think. Uh, oh, Williams. Stop. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Where is he now? He, he just cock. did uh, Fargo. <laughs> really? You ever seen his cock? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say I have, well, but I can sh- I can tell you a few movies. Oh no! Wait, how far are you in Fargo, John? Because he's no, in season. Did, but he's I don't in, remember seeing season, season three. three he's, I haven't he seen season three. The face of I've season only three. I've only seen the first two seasons. Oh okay. So that's I mean, why season three is uh, stuck down, watch that. but it's good. Oh, I love Fargo I though. I love how it's an anthology. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's yeah. Great. Uh, I want it to be back for season four, but I think it's up in the air right now. We're not getting that Deadpool <laughs> FX show now. Oh, that's a shame. But I like the Deadpool movies, though. Yeah, but, but Donald Glover. Glover. 
Oh, that's true. But he should have been Spider. He should have been Spider Man. It's like a fuck you FX. And it was so good. I think he wrote that in like less than twenty four hours, and it was brilliant. He should have been Spider Man. I'm telling you, instead of Tom Holland, I agree with that. Spider Man. He's technically he's his uncle. That sucks. He voices Spider Man in the in the cartoon, but. Well, it's okay. We just want, we just gotta hope for Tom Holland's character to die in Infinity War, and then Donald Glover to take up I the mean, mantle. After this, I it like. Will be rebooted. Trust yeah. me. I like mm-hmm. those movies though. Oh, me but, too. But um, anyway, we get to the. Sarah says again, "It's not fair! It's not fair! Any of this!" And she climbs up the ladder, and she meets the man bird on the way to like I, you know. Yeah, I wrote down here peacock head or yeah. something like that. <laughs> man bird, whatever. I've never understood this. I'm tired. Well, I like I like that the bird head was like kind of a very sarcastic and snarky towards well, the bottom. Well, we learn we learn through like viewers that Sarah's supposed to learn these lessons throughout the labyrinth that things aren't always what they appear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes going backward is the way forward, and these are all very human lessons. But I'm I feel not, like Man I'm Bird is sure. kind of thrown in. I also thought this creature was Banjo Kazooie. Yes, Ikum Bokum. Oh. Go hook. Go hook. Oh, you guys are reading too much into it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, April. Of course so. we are. I think so. Everything's clear now. <laughs> and we get to the door knocker scene. Yeah, oh, I wrote down something here. Oh, shit. You can cut it. I can cut it out. Was there uh, a riddle there? I don't... No, it was just door knockers. They had one in their mouth, one in their ears. Right. How did she Whichever know which one, one to go through She again? didn't. Oh, she okay. just knocked on one. She knocked right. on one with the mouth. That's good. Because the other one can't really hear her yeah. anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, I got nothing. Okay. I got nothing. <laughs> so oh, the, no, I wrote down them's mine. Them's mine. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah, I think Hoggle said something. Oh yeah, because he wanted them jewels. Oh, the jewels. But, yeah. But like, I could have sworn like this was some kind of racial. Uh, this was just Popeye's moment. <laughs> so then we meet our favorite character, Ludo. 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 This is knockoff Chewbacca, by the way. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Three years after uh, the last Star Wars movie. Yeah. He's so special, though. How could you hate him? Oh, I don't hate him. Smells bad. <laughs> Smells bad. Chunk. <laughs> Chocolate Sloth. chunk. Uh, he is like Chunk from the Goonies. Yeah. Now that this I mention came it. after Goonies, too. Yeah. Mm. Look at all they stole from Labyrinth, and I, now you know. I also wrote down here, subtitles needed, because we had subtitles <laughs> for this movie, and at this point... Uh, Lo- Ludo. Ludo is hung upside down by these goblins. Aww, with the little naked molefs. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't understand a word they were saying without subtitles. Well, that's oh, yeah. why I had them on. And and they were just like... <laughs> like something like they were a Watto from like, the Phantom yeah. Menace. Yes, that's or, or true. Or Shylock, if uh, any... Uh, fans of Shakespeare because exactly that's oh. what my character is based off of. Yes. You're racist, George Lucas. Oh. And can we talk about Lucas for a second here? Because Please go ahead. A, yeah, you said earlier this is a Jim Hansen Lucasfilm production. Yeah. Because um, Lucasfilm was in coordination, uh, was in, uh, oh boy, uh, they, they collaborated, that's it, yeah. with uh, each other, uh, with I think Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi because Return of the Jedi is the most Henson-esque um, mm. Star Wars film because there's so much creatures, <laughs> there's so much puppetry going on. Oh yeah, and a lot of that translates. Cibolba? No, that was that was CGI. Oh, uh, but you know, there's like a lot of like eye, uh, there's like eyes in the wall that I yeah. noticed, and I started thinking of like. Oh, 
Return the Jedi. Jabba's palace. Yeah. There's something, some stuff going on here. You're the mm. Star Wars nerd of this podcast. <laughs> just so you know. We'll watch some Star Wars. Well, movies. I'm glad because I've only seen them about three times each and that's <laughs> it. And I've like excluded them from the, my repertoire. Damn. But anyway, uh, Ludo falls down a hole and he's gone immediately <laughs> after joining Sarah on her journey. Poor Ludo. Did he actually help at all? Was he? Did he do he's, anything? Oh, please. He tries. <laughs> Ludo, he tries. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Ludo later. But. He tries his best. <laughs> Leave Ludo alone. So anyway, Jareth offer, offers uh, Hoggle a deal. Give Sarah this uh, call me by your name, Peach. And we'll uh, call this a deal. And Or he's the witch from Snow White. Oh, Snow yeah. White, exactly. I told you, Snow White does appear I agree. as one of the books. Yeah, that's this, true. Bookshelf. That's probably hmm. what he went for. But give her this Peach. And Hogwarts like, no, I, I like Sarah, but I also she like respect. This plastic piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Hoggle. Um, so he takes the Peach from... Jareth, and then mm-hmm. we meet the most horrific creatures in the film, the Fireys. Oh, boy. And I hate them. They always <laughs> scared me. There was no Don't reason. Are called the Fireys? I've researched this movie, Mark. You can uh, trust right. me. Matt pointed this out, but there's some <laughs> awful CGI in Oh, yeah. It's oh, not of awful. It it's was a apparent. different time. <laughs> it's so bad. But, the, oh. the, but how they use the puppets actually pretty clever because I remember watching the documentary, uh, I think it's Being Elmo. <laughs> Mm, um, yeah, uh, and a puppeteer's journey. Yeah, and and, and, and I never saw this before. The, the, um, the puppeteer who plays Elmo is actually in uh, this. He's one of those creatures, mm. and uh, you can actually hear him. He's doing the Elmo voice. It's mm. it's brief, but you can hear it, and you can see the way they're using like the like the black uh, uh, to like move the heads mm-hmm. and other kind of pieces. That Kabuki around. theater. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm. And it's actually pretty clever. You should watch it. I'd recommend it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend looking up him now because he's now an alleged uh, child uh, toucher. Elmo? I've, he- I've heard oh. it's... Uh, I haven't heard that before. It was after the documentary first came out and it's... Mm, right. So that's a little bit of a doubt. I've, I've heard that. Who isn't heard, a child no, no. toucher in this day I've and age? I've heard the allegations were false. I'm looking at one. <gasps> Me? Thank you. I've heard the allegations were false. Yeah, speaking of throwing heads around and uh, kabuki theater, I was reminded of Isle of Dogs when they had that one uh, brief scene. We get to... We, Smell Swamp? Oh, the Swamp of oh, Eternal the, Stench. Yes. Yeah, the Bog of Eternal Which, Stench. Which, as soon as it's first mentioned, David Bowie like pushes uh, Hoggis, Hogshead... Hoggle, Hoggle. <laughs> he pushes like him to his balls or to David Bowie's balls. He's like the bog of eternal stench, and I was like, "Oh, is this happening already?" Did I talk about cod pieces? We did. Okay, but, good. Then no, I'm not sure. talking we can about talk about them again. Close up of Hoggle next to his crotch. I'm like, well, I just hear, I just keep hearing. So we get to the fine Ludo segment. Where did Ludo go? Mark asks, where did Ludo go? <laughs> Smell, and they fall down uh, on Ludo after the fiery segment. And Ludo is just like, it smells! dysentery! Oh, poor Oregon Trail Ludo. And they need to cross a bridge where they meet my favorite character in the entire film, Sir Didymus. Or John Cleese. Uh, yeah. I love Sir Didymus, man. about this scream, holy grail to me. Mm-hmm. He's so Shakespearean. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the fall knight Ooh, in Man of La Mancha. He is bitch. the... Yeah, he is the Don Quixote. He's Don chasing Quixote. the eternal dream. And he just can't find it, April, right? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> uh, you can best me. Yeah, by the way, he's a Pomeranian. Well, he's yeah. a, like a Pomeranian fox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Stole inspiration from Sir Didymus in Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson. I was waiting oh, for Sir be. Didymus to uh, commit seppuku in this scene because he, he dishonored himself. Oh, but he tried his best. And Ludo is an earthbender. We learned that. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. strange. He has this. He can summon rocks at his command. I oh. do appreciate there were hints of that because yes, in the first you scene in which he's so introduced, happy. yeah, I was wondering how all the rocks were magically getting to Sweet. Sarah. Came along because remember when Sarah Sarah Connolly is like, I wish I had a rock to throw. Sarah, Sarah Connolly. Sarah, what's her name? Jennifer Connolly. I'm thinking of Sarah Sarah Connor from Terminator. Sarah Sarah Jennifer oh. Parker. <laughs> well, she's like, this where is there a rock? Where is there a rock to throw? And a yeah. rock comes rolling along. And she's like, well, bam, I'm going to throw this rock. Wait, so could he only roll rocks? Or could he, like, have levitated no, them and, like, No, he levitated them out of the swamp of eternal... The bog of eternal stench. Wait, why didn't he just attack the piranhas well, and things? Well, listen, Matt, he's kind of mentally <laughs> challenged. That's so true. I wouldn't we, give him we that. We did learn. Him and Ter- Sarah have something in common here. <laughs> That's why they gravitate so close to each other. <laughs> oh, oh, so... True. So anyway, we're we're wrapping up, but uh, after Ludo as an Earthbender, they cross the bridge, and then Hoggle gives into his Judas moment and Wait, gives. Can, can, can we get into before that? Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Merlin comes back into the picture, Aww. but as a different name. <laughs> yeah, uh, as uh, Ambrosius. Am- Ambrosia. Or I love him, man. And Sarah Jessifer Parker. Jessifer Parker. <laughs> Sarah Jessifer Parker. She doesn't even remark on this. She's like, oh, it's a completely different dog that doesn't look anything like mine. Well, she's dreaming. She's in the world of dreams. Uh, I well, think she, she's... she's she's in a coma. She's yeah. got a screw loose. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. I love her, but come on. So anyway, Hoggle gives into his Judas moment, mm. and he gives... What's her name? Jennifer Conley? Yeah. The Peach yeah. from uh, You Should Have Called Me Call Me By Your Name. And then, <laughs> you Should Have Called Me By Your Name. You Should Have Called Me By Your Name. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen this movie. This is hilarious. Because <laughs> they fuck a peach or an apricot in that movie. Oh, that I do hear. Like, yeah. she fucks a peach. Oh, it's an apricot, but it looks like a peach. But anyway, uh, and she goes into this totally 80s dream sequence where I'm like, Javin, yes, you were a child of the 80s. This is your favorite scene. Masquerade! Paper faces on parade, oh, masquerade. I could not. This, this random chicken head pops out of a box. Okay, wait, wait. I had this note. I told Mark to write down this note. I so, did. from Dark Crystal, this is a reference. So, in Dark Crystal, we Cross get this over. beast. Yeah, we get these beasts called the Skeksis, which are kind of the embodiment of the seven deadly sins. And Ooh. they popped out of the box right there. They're like the main antagonists of those films. Really? So you get the same, same exact thing. There's also a sign that says, watch Dark Crystal. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should. no one did. I did. That movie, listen, if you thought this movie was a struggle, that movie would have been even more of a struggle for you guys. You guys like Oh, I like Dark Crystal too, but... Please watch my movie before I die from too much poop in my butt. It made more money. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, we got this trippy masquerade ball with uh, the homie Jareth peeking behind his mask looking at Jennifer lusting after her. Yeah, child toucher Bowie here. Uh, I was not crazy about this masquerade ball. I mean, I just got... I was zoning out. What? This is like one of my favorite favorite scenes in the film. I got flashbacks to uh, the love of it. Uh, The love of it? Well, good. I I thought you were going to say summer camp. Oh, well, that too. (laughs) It's a grade school. Uh, I love this scene. 
What do you mean it's, uh, it's intrigue? She's like peeking behind the mask looking for her lover. That's all that's there. Her lover? Yeah, she's yeah. looking for a man. Who, who does she love with? She She's, she's debating between Jareth and whatnot. She's not oh, in love with boy. the red skull here. Oh, man, I love this scene. Don't listen to their flack audience. I love this. Mr. Anderson. I'm not Mr. Anderson. But the costume is great, though. Come on. That's like at least $2 million right in that costume. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't care. It feels so out of place for me because immediately it jumps to her in a pile of junk. Well, hold on. Before we get there, does Jareth want to boink Sarah? Yes. Sure. He's a child toucher. He's got a baby. There's no other reason for any of this to be happening. I feel like he's a wayward father figure to Sarah. Because he steals all his children and uh, he's so upset because they turn the goblins. Like, I don't want to fuck that goblin. <laughs> I want to fuck that baby. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like he's like a wayward father figure, though. I kind of want a backstory on David Bowie. Like- so, anyway, we get to the old crone junk lady, as you were saying, junk, Mark. Junk woman, I call Junk her. woman. Or junk tortoise, because she looks like a turtle. You call her garbage woman. Oh, you don't garbage remember woman. You don't remember Lancelot? Here, put it on your back, dearie. She, like, tells, tells her to get into this, like, little, like, cavern here. It's her, it's her room. It's, it's, it's like it's like, her room it's like oh you don't want to go out there you want to stay in your room here. but in that room she has an original Avita Patti LuPone poster so she wins back all her theater points for me <laughs> nice. it's 1979 compared to 1986 what? she's kept that poster for a while if, if this woman this junk woman is trying to convince her saying no 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 this is your life you should your room if this junk woman was in my room I would not be convinced I'm back home right she's now. young She's delusional. And autistic. Oh, stop. The autism. I, I can't remember. Handle, I can't handle this. They're back sassing Jennifer Connolly. Sarah Connolly, whatever her name is. Anyway, she remembers that this isn't her room and she's like saved or whatever. Yeah, she, she busts out. out all the junk. She meets Ludo and Sir Didymus again. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then we get the longest fight scene since Return of the King. Yeah, I, I wrote down here mech in, in a, yeah. an exclamation point. There's an ultra mega mech I, that she's I, fighting against. I was like, she's fighting like a, a, a first generation Gundam here. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I agree with that. Totally. But uh, Hoggle comes back and he proves his loyalty and takes that Gundam right down. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah? Yeah, and then the, at one point, like uh, I mentioned... Oh, no, you know, you, you said the longest fight sequence here, but I wrote down Scooby Doo because it felt very Scooby Doo. <laughs> it did. Like, it was all like running around. From side to side. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, if anyone has ever seen Frankenstein's Army, of course. There, there's some. Uh, <laughs> Uh, some prosthetics here that just remind me of just like those creatures from that movie. First of all, the movie's garbage. Don't watch it. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it, it definitely evokes some of that because there's like a cannon goblin or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. you you noticed the spider too, the spider puppet that must have taken a few like hundred dollars. like one frame. One frame and we noticed it. I'm glad you did. It's 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 brief, but like yeah. it's, it's very noticeable. It's crawling up the wall on I, strings. And I like it. I like mm. it too. See? That's what Labyrinth does to you. <laughs> um, who gave these goblins guns, first off? Uh, Bowie. Um, Bowie said, let there be guns, and there was some. I was a little confused. I gotta admit, I was spaced out for, like, a good amount of the scene. Oh. Was there, was there like, a goblin civil war going on? I, as far as I can tell, it was goblins well, on goblins. Their, their houses. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's where they were, live. We're blowing up the whole like uh, infrastructure in the Goblin was, City. That's where they live. But why? Because they're chaos. Why were they yeah. warring? 
They're um, what's the word? Blank evil, chaotic evil, chaotic evil. Oh, from D and D. The alignment. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We're, we're going back to that. D and D podcast coming soon on the podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're chaotic evil, and they're destroying their own. They don't really care. But <laughs> All right, that's fair. Though we build. But yeah. uh, who is the real savior here? Because I think it's Ludo. Oh, he calls the rocks like a... And he damages all those poor chickens in the film! Yeah, you mentioned this. I wasn't... I told you to... War- I told you to look out for it. There's chicken that gets run over by, like, oh a paper mache, like... That older. poor chicken, and he looks like he's never gonna walk again in oh, that you, film. You know those chickens are only there what? to eat but anyway. Why are chickens in this place? It was the different. 80s! It was a different time! Need, like, life, I guess? Yeah, they need something to snuff out Other in this than film. midgets and puppets? Oh, poor chickens. Hey, they gotta eat. So, I, um, I, I guess we're nearing the end of this. We are. So we are. Sarah wrote, gets to the Goblin Castle. Uh, but I write down here, uh, they did that painting. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, that M.C. Escher <laughs> <The> painting. painting. <laughs> you uncultured swine. You don't know who artists are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's just like the, the, the Penrose Steps, I guess. Yeah, Is but, that what it's called? Yeah, but before we get to that, she says, you know, stay here. I gotta handle this myself. Oh, and. Man. You'll always be my friends. That's really deep, though. Mm, That's true. I did, too. (laughs) I feel super bad because that, like, really was meaningful for me as a child. Like, she can call upon these friends anytime in adulthood and still get them if you ever should need me. I was just blowing smoke in your face. (laughs) Only child problems. (laughs) I needed friends. I didn't have any. I needed Sir Didymus and Hoggle and Ludo to call upon. I'll give you a Hoggle. (laughs) So anyway, we get to the M.C. Escher painting. Continue. Uh, yeah, that's all. That's all you wrote. <laughs> they they did that. Just a trippy uh, music video. But they're well shot scenes. Look at look they, at oh, David Bowie yeah, like peeking good. around the corners. When, when he stands up from under yes! the staircase, I lost my shit. See, I told you it was a good movie. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I didn't lie. <laughs> uh, I, I do. <sighs> I, and then the baby uh, Toby, who was like yes. on the edge. I was like, don't do it, Toby. He <laughs> don't jump, baby. <laughs> Because that baby doesn't know what the hell's going on here. I will say, and don't hate me for this, this is what the uh, M.C. Escher, I guess, illusion reminded me of, or kind of made me think of, that this whole movie was like a series of really cool special effects and like puppetry that they thought of without really coming up with a cohesive narrative to like blend it together. What do you mean? I feel like they got there. I don't know. It was just like the effects were cool. Definitely. I like um I, I like could see the that they were running out of budget them. and they need to like be like, okay, we need to wrap this up, people. Yeah. I feel like they couldn't really focus on the writing or like the plot that much. It was very what it was plot? just thin. What it was plot? very thin. it's a fairy tale. You don't need plot in fairy tale. Guess so. We'll get to that. I think we're gonna I think we will get to that because you mentioned something that you want to talk about. I like do director yeah. that's my last yep. my last note something ladies and gentlemen all right so we get the final line sarah's been rehearsing these lines throughout the whole film and she goes you have no power Jim over Hansen me yelling at her behind the scenes like get the fucking no she right goes you have no power over me she takes back the night and her like power and it's very it's wonderful oh, right let, let me tell you what this remind what this made me think of though this is also going to draw some antagonism from uh, potential audience members, I think. Me. <laughs> this made me think of David Bowie as kind of an analogy for God. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Okay, good. I okay, can see I'm that. not alone in this. He's like, like, like 
Let me be your slave. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you will fear me. He you will really, love me yeah. and obey me. But he never really had any power at all. It's Sarah fueling into that power, which is why I think it's like, <laughs> which is a deeper like conversation ending, when we aren't like, drunk. The yeah. Like I feel like ending, we can talk about that for hours. The ending is like rejoicing in her becoming an atheist or something. All right, I like can finding see that. her own purpose rather than God relying on somebody real. else's. I don't feel, I'm not real. I don't I don't feel that. I feel like she's taken back her own power that she invested into this little story of hers, but Yeah, that's true. That's just me. So anyway, she tells David Bowie, who's dressed like a marshmallow, that <laughs> that he should go away. And she arrives back in her old house, and there's Toby again. She's arrived back, she's reclaimed mm-hmm. the night and her power. Yeah, so what do we think about that? But, but uh, then she looks into her mirror and then sees Aww. Ludo. It's like, sweet. Oh, sweet Ludo. And then she turns around and all the Muppets are there. Yes. Like, dance, dance, dance. Dance, magic, dance. Whatever. And then, Put that magic uh, spell on and then, me. And then yeah. Sir, Sir Dunamis is. Dunamis. Whatever. <laughs> is like, let's play some Scrabble dance. And then, it's, and then it's like hard cut outside and there's the owl. And then it just runs away, and then we're back to CGI. I get that though. Like, why doesn't (laughs) that make you emotional though? Because I'm like, what the? This girl is dumb. She lives in a fantasy world. She will never grow up. I feel like I've grown up with this movie, so I'm really emotional. Sarah's like, I can call upon my friends anytime. By the end of this movie, she ends up in a mental world. But mental world. Mental world. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just completely ran out of ideas of like how to end this, and they did it. This is my favorite cop out in like sitcoms, especially in like New Girl. Um, for the past few seasons, they end an episode with just all the characters dancing. Yeah, and it's like I hate that so much. No, it's like we could resolve this by dancing together. (laughs) No, I hate it. I feel like since I've grown up with this movie, it's like you know your your childhood memories will always be there, even when you're adult. And sometimes you have to call upon them and remember what it was like to be a child again. Yeah, uh, realize that you live in reality and that the Muppets don't live in your your. You're too real. Because <laughs> can, can we just flash back to the beginning of this movie? Why is she in that open field to begin with? Because she's rehearsing. She's LARPing. Class. Her nipples are out. By she's her, LARPing. <laughs> yes. With her dog? Girl, have you ever LARPed before? No. I've done. Yeah, is there? Is she like trying to pro- become an actress? She's is she acting. auditioning for something? As an actor, she's acting. But is she auditioning for anything? Or is she just for, do- she's doing it for herself. <laughs> I guess. She's... It's like a child game. Yeah, child game. Thanks, April. I need to know what the symbolism is behind this owl, because I assume it's supposed to be David Bowie. Yeah. But why? Well, owls are, like, uh, they're symbols of wisdom, of... That's true. You know, like... Maybe they see everything. I, they could yeah, turn their head all the way around. Yeah, they see past, present, that. and future. They're very wise animals. I feel like David Bowie's trying to guide her along this childhood path. I know there's owls in Twin Peaks. Not to keep on talking about Twin Peaks, but... It, Fuck hey. Twin Peaks. <laughs> like Season I, 2. I, I look back and like her sheepdog, uh, Merlin. Merlin. Like, I, I keep thinking, like, maybe... what. what? Why wasn't the owl maybe named Merlin? What did she have a pet owl? Because uh, Merlin's a magician from Arthurian Arthurian lore, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, and, you know Arch- Archimedes is uh, his owl, yeah. right? Yeah. So that could have some more significant relation there. Like, why a dog? And just like because like, dogs we're, are we're lovable. Under, we're under budget. Dogs yeah, right. are lovable creatures, as we discussed in Isle of Dogs. They're we much better than cats. Owl that well. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> no, I love Ambrosius and Merlin. I would have loved Sir Dinimus to ride that owl and be like, Onward! Onward! Oh, that would have been good. the beast? Yeah. Oh, you guys are horrible. <laughs> so anyway, we get to the finale of the film. She arrives back home, and she says her emotional goodbyes to her character friends. I, you guys are not really goodbye. They're, they're, yeah. not. they're like, hey, let's continue this autistic journey. <laughs> you guys didn't get anything from that at all. No, I, I, I was like, leave your childhood memories behind and and apologize to your stepmom who was just trying to talk some sense. <laughs> A single tear yeah. falls down my cheeks during this podcast. And her father, who was like, I'll talk to her from the beginning of the movie, and he doesn't talk to her. Well, I agree. Where's the, the father? <laughs> Here. I agree. The parents are idiots, and that's not but, even her stepfather. That's a real father. Yeah, exactly. He has the baby in his arms. Like I'll go talk to her. But the nope. parents, the parents are awful. But it's trying to find yourself through the film. I don't think she does. I'm I not think sure. She right back into her. I think coma. the movie would be more educational for kids. It's like don't take everything for granted. You know, at the beginning mm-hmm. she was so spoiled. She yeah. kind of uh, she was just mad at her parents oh. for no reason. But in the end, she's like, "Oh, I okay. love my brother." She's more adult. Yeah, yeah I agree. I it's very spirited away. Nicely. If we talk about that Miyazaki, I think vaguely. I think there was more character there development in spirited away. Yeah. There is some spirited away in this. Okay. I, I do get that, but at the end of the movie, it just doesn't resonate as much for me. I just feel the like way, okay. just, the way, just the climax in terms of just how they. They're all still there. It just I've, doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel like there's not much development, honestly, with her character. I feel like the beginning of the movie hinted at there being a lot more progression for her and and just growth. But by the end, it just wasn't justified. It didn't happen. All right. She appreciates her brother, but yeah. that's so little. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really. I feel like she just Poor appreciates Toby. her brother as like a. Like, okay, now I won't get in trouble. He's still here. Thank God my parents won't kill me. Yeah, that's like the sense of relief. I think, do you think it's a difference between only child and uh, multi-sibling children that I've grown up with this movie? I'm not sure. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to speak on that. Because I don't have any relations to any siblings. I'm like, just kill them. Me, uh, who is a middle child, who has an older brother and a younger sister... I'm someone who always looked after my younger sister, but always was always mistreated. I was always tag teamed against. Oh. My mm. But like, I still had that sense of love and compassion. So okay. I can't, I can't really resonate with with that as much. I think because maybe just because I'm gullible and that I, I'm always taken advantage of. Maybe. Yeah, I think if I were in my brother's shoes, it, things could have been different. But my, well, it's he's my half brother. He's. 14 years older than me so when i was growing up i didn't have like i did not know that i just thought he was like a cool role model i met him like once yeah but i you know i didn't have any sense of responsibility with him or anything he probably did with me but i didn't i mean i cared for him but i didn't have to like look after him of course all right so first thing i'm going to suggest that i learned through the grapevine is that there's a sequel in the works for labyrinth really are you kidding me this is 100% true you know why? Because nostalgia is huge, and we need more nostalgia. I love nostalgia. Listen, I love this movie, and if they make God. a sequel, I'll be there one day, one in the theater. Like about Stranger it. Things, we're gonna have a Stranger Things. Season Do you three, not wait? Hold up. Season four. Hold up. Season five. Hold up. Wait, Apparently, wait, they wait, do wait, have wait, a five-year wait, 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 wait. Mark. Do you like Stranger Things? You know what? I, I'm gonna confess, I do, but I didn't watch season two. But it's just mm. there's such an oversaturation of just things that we love growing up and that it just keeps popping up the 80s more specifically. because i 
fucking love Stranger Things, and <laughs> okay. I will fist, I'll, I'll, I will fist fight you <laughs> right fucking I, now over it. That. I just told you that I like Stranger Things, but it's just like we keep Winona nostalgia. <laughs> we're no- like, we need more nostalgia. It's, the executives want more. nostalgia. It's true. We're getting old. We need nostalgia. I feel like we're funding them. Winona is my bitch, and you can. Sit off right there. Everything you like is new again. <laughs> All right. I'm okay with nostalgia, actually, because this is something I think about a lot. Like, people growing up in the 50s or even the... 50s? <laughs> no, no, no. Or even, <laughs> exactly. or even... Play it again, Sam! No, people growing up in even the 80s, a lot of what they relied on was... Um, films that are older, like black and white films they would watch on TV a lot. Um, mm-hmm. because there, there really wasn't VHS or anything like that. Like, Gone with the Wind yeah. has grossed fav- so much. One of my just, favorite yeah, films. Just because it was re-released. Oh, we need to watch. That's like five hours. Oh, yeah. so. That's a two-episode. That's, That's two for part Grant. Grant needs to guest on that because he's a Gone with the Wind fan. But it's like it's the highest grossing film yeah, by so much. Okay, April. Just yeah, because you read the book. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Oh, April and me read, read the book. I haven't read that book. Yeah, sorry, oh, no, no, go, go, go Matt. Go Matt. No, go, go ahead. Matt. No, it was a it grossed so much just because it was re released like countless times, like five times in the 50s, four times yeah. in the 60s, all the way up until the 80s, and then it stopped being re released. And I feel like a lot of people these days haven't really seen it. And there is, I feel like there is a lot to gain by looking back. And people growing up these days, they have so much uh just pop culture to lean back on like people growing up in the 50s recorded media back then only extended as far back as like maybe the 20s for music Mm -hmm. and for film you had to physically go to a theater for it but now like kids these days i can't imagine what they have to grow up with and keep up with just to understand all the references going on like they have to watch things from the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s but they 2000s. won't though. they won't i know these that's I why work, nostalgia counts no uh, that's I why it matters the, i think i work with these kids and i know for a fact that they will not watch that stuff why that's, not just watch something original yeah that's then, what they're gonna then, do and then go back and, and do your own kind of i i agree with yeah. mark they're gonna watch something original and then go back and feel like that flair don't, for themselves don't just like mm. oversaturate your movie with countless references to things and be like oh like oh that's a reference that's something that i know yeah. because this movie acknowledged that yeah or like like i'll like i remember watching doctor strange and like he keeps making these references to like uh the wong character and mm. he's just like oh wong you have one name like oh like beyonce <laughs> or or uh like uh madonna and just like shut up oh yeah that's like, weird now that, that's, that's 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 like i'm not into joke. superheroes no so i think I that's tell you. It's just like that's just cheap jokes like that we're just like oh we need to reference these things because there are things that things that maybe people have seen or like maybe people have to go out and see mm-hmm. yeah no i i don't like that just because it doesn't like seem to gel with the universe it's or the so, character that's really so bad yeah something like that to just put into a movie so but, just like just make your own dialogue make your own mm-hmm. thing that you don't have to have to put a quote in from a previous movie or something like that. I agree. Yeah, but I think I with like Stranger Things and things like that, it's not filled with like direct references. It's just oh, kind of like capturing the mood. It is though, because if you read some Stephen King novels, they're direct references. That's yeah, possible. But it still stands but on I, its, it listen, stands on its I own. I am the most avid Stranger Things fan because it is such a callback to like what I love in this world. So mm. Alright, we're getting off topic. Alright, so anyway, <laughs> let's finish this film. Yeah. Who would you cast as David Bowie's character, Jareth the Goblin King, in a new remake 
of mm. Labyrinth. Hugo Weaving, because he sounds just like him. All right. Is he still alive, Hugo Weaving? Of course he's still alive. He's still limber. He can still do whatever the fuck he All right. Wants. <laughs> All right. I like that, Matt. Ooh, I'm not sure. I'm really bad at like coming up with casting decisions. All right. I'll give mine. I think, listen, this is going to be extremely personal, mm. but I think Lady Gaga what? would do a great job as Jareth. Okay, the I can see King. that. Or is it just for the sake that you just like Lady Gaga? She can. That we just need to like. Listen, uh, I gender, love gender bend. Some listen, I love her. Like the news, Lost in Space, because uh, Mark, was, let me talk. <laughs> listen, I love Lady Gaga. She can sing. She can dance. She has a passion for kind of like the nostalgia that we're feeling, and I think she could really channel into that. So I feel like Lady Gaga would be the perfect casting choice I mean, for Eleven Three. She did that Bowie tribute. She did, and she did it well. What a shame! Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still don't know if I have anyone to think of. Uh, yeah, casting wise. Yeah, come back to me. If I had well, to, we're done. If, so I had, to, if I had to recast Jennifer Connelly, it would just be a better actress. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jennifer Connelly. It would be that girl who's a. Uh, Who's the cool, cool girl in Twin Peaks that's, like, doing the dance in the diner in season... Audrey. Audrey, yeah, yeah. Who's her? I like her. Ooh, log oh. girl, woman, or whatever. No, I that's... Knew. I like, like, Log Lady is my, my spiritual animal, but... I used to know who she was. Shirley... Temple? Shirley something, I think. <laughs> Shut up, Mark! <laughs> You're doing wrong. But I would cast her as Jennifer Connelly's character. Okay. It, w- it would have to be someone really young. It would probably almost be an unknown yeah, person Yeah, Lady Gaga's younger than her, so it wouldn't make any fucking sense <laughs> in my movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You would, You don't know? You wouldn't cast a, a, a Joseph Gordon-Levitt or anything? As uh, Jennifer Connelly's character? No, as so. David, as David <laughs> yes, Bowie, please. you dumb fuck. <laughs> no, that, well, if we're talking about a gender bend, we still need to have that sexual tension, right? Yeah. So Lady okay. Gaga as David Bowie. Not to be heteronormative, but <laughs> Lady Gaga as David Bowie. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jennifer Connelly. I could see him. 14-year-old girl. Stop, uh, it could work. When he Just shaves, he looks... 12. I mean, did you see Cloud Atlas? There is some gender bending. Oh, can we talk about Cloud? I love Cloud Atlas. I actually do. I, you I, do? I, I'm proud. I, I mean, I'll make fun of it, but it's, yeah. it's a really... Yeah, the book I, is also very good, too. I, I saw when, I think, Sandy uh, hit us, or yeah. something like that, yeah. and all those alive was just movie theaters, my movie theaters. The Wiskowski brothers, oh. I mean, I know Wachowski, Wachowski sisters is. now. I'm Polish. I can get. I can get you a. Can do whatever uh, you yeah, want. I can get a, a flyby. But if you want to have three hours to yourself and just see a bunch I of love actors it, man. playing six different characters, yeah, it's huh. the true true. Go watch the that. True true. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, I love Kratos. Okay, so uh, do you have any ideas, David Bowie's character? Ooh, let's see. I just I keep thinking about that hair, and I'm like nobody else the has Tina that hair. The Tina Turner hair, which we didn't mention, <laughs> Tina Turner Bunsen burner, same hair as Jareth the Goblin King. That's Sia's hair, by the way. Yeah. You know what? I would kind of want to make this into a huge comedy. Like I don't know. No, it's not really a comedy <gasps> right now. It's a joke. Stop! <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> no, I, I would really all. want to see a comedy version of this. So uh, maybe like. Bill Hader as the as You know David he's Bowie. supposed to be in the he's a, a, good a lot of people want him in the It remake too. Really? Well, yeah. as, um, no. As, no. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh, is Mike Hanlon? Yes, they I think no, not as <laughs> Stop, I'm drunk. 
<laughs> they want him as Richie, I think. They want Bill Hunter as Richie. Oh, I, have to say, I, was just, I was very nice the last episode. I was like, but I'm actually a secret asshole. <laughs> stop, That's Mark. Good. No, we need stop. It. No, That's good. I love it. Bring it to the podcast. But uh, yeah, they want him in the It remake, and I can see that. Okay. You know what? For Jennifer Connelly, Colby. Columbine. Columbine. For Jennifer Columbine. The, <laughs> the, uh, the, the girl in A Wrinkle in Time. No! That's I what I want. That fucking movie is trash! Have you watched it? Yes! I haven't seen it. That movie is trash! Oh, I haven't seen it. Stop! Is that Galifian? Oh! Chris Pines? No! No, no. Just, just the girl. The little girl. She can't act! Oh, I, I didn't know about that. Did you see the movie? No, she looks good in the trailers. Oh, fuck you, Matt. I kept thinking of, like, a, uh, a wrinkly anus in time. <laughs> there are children that watch this podcast, Mark. They watch no, it? Not. Yeah, my high school kids watch this. Oh, they're old well, enough. They need to learn. They'll learn a lot then. So, hey, let's they, get... If they watch you know, Love Witch, they know a lot. Let's get into Last Call and end this beast. What did you think of Labyrinth? I'll start, okay. because <laughs> I've been acclimated to this movie more than any of y'all. Keep my peace. This movie means a lot to me. I've been born and bred on this movie, and every time I watch it, I get a little nostalgic from my youth. I feel like Jennifer Connelly, even though she can't really act, <laughs> she means a lot to me as this character, because I picture myself, you know, trying to go through my young life, my adult life, as Sarah, finding new pieces, finding new friends, and trying to relate back to what I came from. So that's my, you know, spiel on this movie. Feel free to butcher it. All right. No, I mean, I I will say that I really love the concepts that this uh, movie introduced. I love the world that they created. I just think the plot is a little thin, the narrative is thin, and the character development. I love the idea of like not to take things for granted and really to like figure things out on your own and not have everything presented to you. Yeah. Just being like a stranger in a strange land. I'm really into that, but I don't feel like she evolved enough by the end of it to to just have it mean anything to have it be that impactful mm. but um i mean i didn't grow up with this movie i just watched it for the first time tonight i i think it it could have been i think there was more potential but um i definitely see how it you know impacted a lot of people growing up and honestly i think i would like to see a remake yeah. Yeah, with maybe like a bit more with Lady Gaga, a bit more substance to it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. Um, so yeah, I'm in Matt's boat. I didn't grow up with this movie. Um, I feel like if I did, I would be more in John's boat about this, where I would have a much more positive spin about it. There is maybe some more subtle messages that this movie tends to deliver that I was maybe just a little bit too schlosh to um, really put together, but. Uh, there is some really subtle meanings here behind it, uh, but I don't know. Yeah, like Jennifer Connelly can't act her way out of a paper bag. Stop! <laughs> You're killing me. You're is, killing him. David He's Bowie already does, dead. David Bowie, does, David Bowie does sell a lot of his performance in this. The, the a lot of it is just the puppetry, the use of the scenic pieces, the matte paintings. Everything is very well done in terms of. Uh, uh, how they use that, but for me, it just it didn't very vibe. I was making fun of this movie quite a bit throughout the, maybe more for comedic effect, but I don't know. <laughs> and the movie just 
didn't really sit right. I, I, I'm pretty sure like the Dark Crystal would sit more with me. Really? I, I mean, maybe, interesting. I mean, I have, maybe in a long run, I'll bring this I, up. I haven't seen it, but I feel like the Dark Crystal, uh, for what it's worth, I think it would have a much more meaningful. Okay. Effect. It does seem more well suited to adults, like but, whereas this seems more geared to mm, you know young the, younger people. Listen, uh, <laughs> audience members, I was kind of going back and forth between the Dark Crystal and this for this film because I the Dark Crystal just recently came out on Blu-ray. I think it was another anniversary for it, mm. but I I got it and I felt like Labyrinth would connect more with you guys. Because there's more obvious plot in Labyrinth than there is in Dark Crystal. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Dark Crystal gives you the information and just is like, let it loose, connect your own, you know, make your own so opinions out of like it. So is it more like experimental? I feel like it is. Okay. So that's the reason why I didn't, like, I was strongly debating bringing Dark Crystal into this podcast mm-hmm. instead of... The Labyrinth. But maybe we'll see down the line. Maybe I'll bring Dark Crystal. It's only just because the way I hear people talk about Dark Crystal is somehow I think of never-ending story for a lot of reasons. Mm. If you haven't seen it, it is, yeah. That's it is. a very great it feel It feels like that, but without a narrator to me. I feel like there's no narrator in Dark Crystal. And you have to remember that this was the last film that Jim Henson officially directed yeah. four mm. years before his death, before his and then he died. He died too much poop in his butt. <sighs> Thanks, Mark. <laughs> but um, he died. <laughs> he died after this, uh, four years after this film, and this was his magnum opus, so I figured, why not start with that instead? Yeah. All right, so did we like this film? Yeah. I liked it enough. Definitely. Okay. If it were, you know, like two and a half hours long, or if it were three hours long, if it were more of a commitment... Why would it be three hours no, long? Exactly. I wouldn't suggest no, it. I'm just saying, if it were more of a commitment... Stop. It was an hour and a half, no, barely. It was, yeah. It felt pretty short. Yeah, it was a good length. If it were more of a it's commitment, than maybe this I wouldn't podcast, have enjoyed that's it. That's for sure. That, yeah. Actually, that's true. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, we have topical stuff here. Yeah, we <laughs> have things. So, um, I liked it. Yeah, Matt liked too. it. Mark. So-so. So-so. Um, so I guess we'll say adieu for this night's episode of Nightcaps at the theater. Yeah, hope you enjoyed it. I said it right, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, since Mark is joining us as permanent co-host, Yay! it's his Woo! choice. Do you have any hints to offer us, Mark? I do have one hint, and it's just because there's a movie coming out. Uh, I won't say what, but I will, uh, just in terms of relation to it, it's very uh, convenient. Uh, so I, I will, I'll give one hint it's All a right. quote from the movie and uh, here it is uh, go to where people are mm-hmm. hmm. interesting okay. interesting looking forward to it alright so good night from Nightcaps at the Theater you can follow me at Losing My Mind JK on most social media platforms Matt can they follow you anywhere uh, they could but they probably shouldn't it's MattCab1210 April can they follow you anywhere uh, sure, and uh, you're welcome to follow my dog's Instagram too. <laughs> okay. Uh, palm the. Oh my God, what's the nope. name? <laughs> Rose the Palm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rose right. underscore the underscore Palm. Yes. Uh, She's a cute Pomeranian. Oh, that's so cute. And Mark, can they follow you anywhere? You can follow my Instagram over at mzbrojunior and um, Twitter. You can follow me at uh, man who wears hats. <laughs> all right so please rate comment and subscribe we know we need more raiders out there so please come along and join us all right thanks you bye i'm drunk
you enjoy the show. I'd offer my own commentary, but I've still got popcorn kernels in my teeth and a slight aftertaste of gin I just can't seem to get rid of. Maybe I shouldn't use it as mouthwash anymore. If you would like to offer your own two cents on the podcast, be sure to rate, review, and dare I say, even subscribe. Don't forget to find us on most social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Nightcap Cinema. Don't be afraid to join the conversation, offer your own take on the films we watch, or even suggest something that we should see. We are always welcome and open to all feedback. After all, everyone's a critic. Can I be real for a second? As an avid podcast listener and newbie podcast creator, I better understand now more than ever just how much work and dedication it takes to create and share things through this medium. By taking just a few seconds out of your extremely busy days, you can honestly make a world of difference even for us. Just a couple of the millions who talk about movies for shigs on the internet. Remember, it's all possible thanks to listeners like you. Thank you. Huh? What do you mean that's not gonna fly with PBS? You think those antique road-showing geriatrics are gonna listen? You have got to be kidding me! Ugh, we'll just cut it in post. <laughs>